All right, welcome back to another episode of What's Going On with Addie and Diego. Thanks for being here. Yeah, uh, today's guest is Ross Joyner. The one and only. Yeah, he's a he's a real cool guy, and um, I guess he was a boss for Addie. For three or four years now. Yeah, but he's um, he's a big photographer, big filmmaker. He loves... He loves all that stuff, and he's just lived an interesting life for sure. Indeed. Um, but uh, yeah, enjoyed our conversation with him, and I hope you do too. Thanks for listening. All right. So I don't know how do you, how do you guys usually start this? <laughs> do we have an intro? Um. What is our podcast name again? What's <laughs> What's going on with Eddie and Diego? <laughs> How you been, Mr. Ross? I'm good, man. It's uh, it's been a long couple of weeks, man. I know. It's been like the craziest time. I left for like spring break, and then that was the last time I've ever seen you. Yeah, like <laughs> that, wow. I think so. I think it's interesting, kind of getting your perspective from all that. Yeah. Because, you know, because we were here, and we got the notification like I think Thursday right that you guys weren't coming back yeah and the next week it was like oh we're just gonna take an extra week and see how this goes <laughs> and then you know that Thursday they were like okay staff you all need to go home and don't come back <laughs> and I was kind of like uh this is really your weird. job's weird like because you need the iMac don't you or like yeah what's so the it's, deal? it's been kind of weird working from home because so I've got a I've got a personal uh, laptop that I use. Okay. Um, For those who don't know, Ross is like a video editor. Yeah. So I edit video and photo. Creator, f- just yeah. <laughs> here and at uh, NC State. Yeah, and it's just kind of in, an interesting job to do from home, especially because I'm so involved or going to events. And, you yeah. know, Nothing's happening. Yeah. So I've really been kind of working on older projects projects and kind of catching up or stuff that we put on the back burner that kind of needed to get right. done which has been re- really interesting because has it been like relieving because i know you were like go 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 like yeah it's been 24 really, 7 yeah it's been relieving but it's also been kind of boring boring <laughs> but not in a bad way it's been yeah. good because you know it's allowed me to kind of think of some cool ideas or just stuff and you know no, no little, i agree put a little more effort i mean stuff kind of got thrown on like orientation was kind of a quick turnaround thing um but we got it done before pretty much every other department and we yeah. had 10 videos and most Heck people only yeah. had four so <laughs> shout out to addy for helping with well, that that really anything. um i mean helped. not to toot your own horn but i'd probably argue you guys are some of the best video editors like yeah. on campus that's a car baby <laughs> no and i would strongly agree with that i mean i mean it, you guys put out a lot of videos right just in general yeah. so you're well practiced i guess at yeah the i think least it's a wide range too you know? what we do i think we we're some of the best on campus yeah. i mean i think ucom has access to a little bit more opportunities with bigger events and kind of you know higher production value stuff but for what we have i think we do we do a yeah. pretty good job of being able to put out good material and i'm i'm really proud of that yeah um and shout out to our fearless leader justin hammond yeah i mean i think <laughs> a lot of it's that i think a lot of it's uh, the good team dynamics and that's really important for us um, Heck yeah you know i feel like i can go to addy or any of the interns and say hey you know and trust them yeah with no. stuff and know that it's gonna be good yeah which is a huge huge thing that makes that life I, so much easier. <laughs> exactly exactly it's really important to me as a as somebody as a supervisor that yeah. i can feel like i can say hey Here's a project and trust you on it. And if I need edits, I can say, hey, we need to change this. And they're comfortable doing it. And I don't have to feel like I'm like 
berating them or no, yeah, being like, oh, you need to change this. And they're like, Ugh. you know, they feel comfortable doing it. And then once Addie leaves, you're, it's over. I yep. know. <laughs> I, I was having that conversation with somebody the NC other State day with my parents. And I, and I told them, I said, man, when Addie leaves, I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> because, you know, he's been so much help. Like over the past three years, it's, it's been crazy kind of watching. It's crazy. It's been so long. I know. This tree is in the way and I can't see you. I watched, I mean, the first video I made, I think it was. Well, no, I guess you're here. It was the Black History Month one. Yeah. You remember that? That was shit. <laughs> that was You've really improved, and it's yeah. it's been awesome watching your improvement. I mean, especially even with Ben, only being here – Ben was here two years that I yeah. was here. So even seeing his growth, yeah. too, and now seeing his growth at Georgia Tech is really, really awesome. It's true. So it's kind of cool to see that progression. It's been really awesome seeing your progression, too, you know, from somebody who – I don't – not that you weren't comfortable doing it, but I felt like – I couldn't have been like, Addy, go do this. Yeah. And you were just like, right. but now I feel like I can be like, Addy, go film and just take over this project. And you feel comfortable doing every bit of it. And that's awesome to see you be able to do that. Well, thank you. I do. So, yeah. I think part of it is just like knowing what you can and can't do. Like when you open up a video editing software, like when you open up Premiere Pro for the first time, it's pretty daunting, I'd say. I was like, yes. what yeah. is going... I was proud to like get cuts in like, <laughs> yes. my first time, like figuring stuff out like that. It's so small. Yeah, it's, it's, it is it is pretty daunting, especially coming from somebody who I really didn't get into video or photo editing until my... Seriously, until my junior year of college. I meant I, to ask you about that. Like, When was the first time you picked up a camera? Or Yeah, yeah. So I've... <laughs> been around cameras my whole life my grandfather um was really into photography he was an air traffic controller in the air force and he was in thailand so he's got all these slides and stuff from when he shot photos over in thailand and things like that so it's really cool to look at these photos you know that and polaroids like my family took a ton of polaroids when i was younger um my aunt is was really into scrapbooking so it was kind of cool to see all these photos and that's so cool. Yeah, it's cool. So I've always been around them, but I've never really been into the whole like, oh, pick up a camera thing until kind of college. Um, I got my first camera, my first serious camera, junior of college and took a photography class senior year just kind of to do it. And it, I had a great professor. He was super awesome. Really encouraged us to do a ton of weird things yeah. like, you know, experiment with long exposure, light right painting and things like that i mean yeah, yeah, that's yeah. not something you would normally do you know in your yeah. first photography class or Certainly not experiment and you know and then i picked up a film camera and just kind of was really into the whole meet and like you've got all these people that are film is like film bros <laughs> like they call them you know, and, it's, and it's awesome to see people no, it runs deep it yeah, runs yeah. Deep. <laughs> <laughs> it's great to see people picking up the medium as a whole because it's awesome to see it being brought back but it's you know, the film community can be a toxic community. It's like Reddit. It can be yeah. photographers you know, in general. Yeah, ph- photography in general is a, it can be. I mean, I think any community is a toxic community. It can be. Oh yeah, you but can get photography definitely can be um, toxic. But it's been kind of cool over the past six years, really seeing w- what my work was and kind of how it's progressed. I mean, I'm not saying I'm I've gotten better. I mean, but I feel like I've gotten better well, than yeah, what no, I was. <laughs> um, for sure. I mean. At the very least, quicker than yeah, everything. That's it's true, yeah. Like, and that says a lot. But so you're saying you picked up, like, you really, really got into photography, I guess, like, junior year of 
College? college yeah so i was a computer information systems major that's going crazy. into like data analytics and doing that and then what one day i had this epiphany i was like i don't want to sit behind a desk all day <laughs> and because I, I was i'm not a extroverted person but per se i am yeah but i'm not like i don't actively seek to be the center of attention right right you know what i mean no i know, I know exactly don't get me wrong it's nice being the center of attention, yeah. but i don't like <laughs> seek it out so and i was djing at the time so I enjoy kind of that being able to be creative at the same time. And, you know, everybody in my family is either lawyers or doctors or engineers, you know, yeah. stuff like that. So, it was, you know, I always felt like I had the creative gene because I did music for a long time. I was in band. I played trumpet, drums, guitar, kind of just picked that stuff up. So I feel like it was kind of a smooth transition in photography. So one day in college, I sat down and I called my parents. I was like, I'm changing my major to broadcasting. <laughs> this was this was. This was right before my junior year of college. Okay, so I've gone through two years Jeez. of school in the business school. Yeah, changing my major, and my parents—they weren't disappointed. They were a little upset because they were—they were like, "Well, why didn't you realize that at first? Sure, and and that's understandable. You know, it's never um, too late. But thankfully, I made the smooth transition and took all those classes and put them towards a business minor. So I got a business minor. Oh, that's nice. But I went over to electronic media broadcasting with a production background. So it's kind of weird that I do photography, yeah. But it's still kind of applicable in the sense of that whole realm of a broadcasting industry because it's kind of all of it. So, so when you applied for your job here, oh yeah, how was your reel? Like, did you have much going yeah, on? Yeah, that was a, that was a thing. It's you know I I had some work, but it wasn't. It was more of kind of the work I'd done in school. So yeah. my junior year or senior, excuse me, senior year, I took a video production two class we had to make a short film um so i kind of pitched that but i would also done a lot of i was involved with uh with a lot of concert planning at the okay. university we had a nightclub on campus and that's, that's legends cool. yeah it's called legends yeah. not to be mistaken oh, by the yeah. legends of raleigh it's a little bit different both, really? are, great both of are great venues. places <laughs> absolutely i love legends we can yeah. attest to that no it's a great <laughs> no the legends of raleigh shout out to you guys you guys are a great place um it's so but wild. the one in in boone is it used to be an old winn-dixie that they converted the university bought really in the 80s so the university uh didn't have a lot going for it at the time so it was a dry county okay so students were leaving the university because there was not a lot to do <laughs> um obviously and they were driving to the next county over what's the deal with dry counties like no. i just discovered they existed like two yeah, podcasts and so ago they're still around that's insane yeah. so Dry County, for those who don't so, know, is no alcohol mm -hmm. in the county. Yeah, well, it's or it's certain kinds of sell, sales right. you can't like yeah. hard uh, liquor Liquors. you can't sell. Yeah, no liquor. Um, so, yeah, so That's students nuts. were driving to the county over and getting in accidents and dying. It was a serious issue. I'm sure. So the university oh, sat yeah. down and said, because they don't even have like Uber up there. And yeah, stuff we don't. Like I, that. Mean, they I mean, they just now then, got yeah. Uber, I think, huh. um, in the past like year and a half, which is crazy. But so they. The university did a survey and was like, well, how do we get students to stay on campus? And they were like, oh, we want concerts and things like that. So the university bought the Winn-Dixie, converted it into a nightclub. <laughs> and the opening weekend, so I was told, was widespread panic, Dave Matthews Band, and Hootie <laughs> and the Blowfish. That was the first three nights. But see, this was back in like the 90s. So it's, oh, man. you know, which is crazy. And that, yeah. and that place has played host to... Everybody from Jimmy Fallon, Zach Galifianakis, um, get out of here! That's awesome. Black Eyed Peas, Hooting the Blowfish, Eric Church. I mean, that building has seen so many great artists. The nude party. I mean, Coolio. I mean, 
pretty what? much any major touring artist has come through Boone, which is weird to think about. That's so strange. Yeah, like Fish played our <laughs> old gymnasium. Like people were breaking into the windows to get into the Fish concert. It was that crazy. <laughs> and this was in the 80s. So it's crazy to see that. And that's really props to our booking manager who worked at the university. We had a full-time booking agent who worked that's and did nice. nothing Smart. but yeah. plan events. And my senior year, I was the vice president of marketing and PR for the club. So that really kind of helped okay. with the marketing aspect of sure. this job. Yeah. But so we brought that year, our big acts were the Avid Brothers in September, like the week after Memorial Day was the Avid Brothers wow. in our convocation center. Yeah. And then two months later was the 1975 on their <laughs> tour. We were the only North Carolina date on their tour. And it was at Boone. And it was in Boone, of all places. That's <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah absolutely. That's so cool. Um, which people camped out for three like three days for that show. My God. I think it's pretty like well regarded that like App State has the best concerts. Yeah. Like like they get like Lil Wayne and it's Yeah, and that was like, that was my year too. That was yeah. the last You photographed them. I got yeah, to photograph yeah. that was kind of the first big major concert I ever photographed was Lil Wayne. So I yeah, it's crazy. That happened those three shows Dude. were the big shows that year. We still had Rainbow Kitten surprise, like all these other bands that came to our club. That was just what came to our convocation center, which is crazy. Nuts. That's just like, it's so crazy that this like tiny little place in the mountains. I don't know. I guess it's coming to life now. Like you guys got Walmart and like there's development and stuff. Yeah. But it's like, it's so small. And then all these musicians are just coming through. Crazy, man. It's a lot of crazy bands like Rainbow Kitten surprise, the the nude party. I mean, a lot of these bands that I know yeah. are playing these big festivals, which is crazy, dude. Like I've never seen anything like it. Okay, this is huge now. Yeah, they're yeah, they're I like mean, head, they sold out two nights at Red Rocks at Red Rocks. Yeah, I mean they got they got the big stage at Lollapalooza when I went up there, it's and I was crazy, like, oh my dude. goodness, that's it's so weird because I saw them play a, a house party like the size of this room, <laughs> you know. So it's and for aspect, this room is maybe ten by ten. Yeah, yeah I mean this so is a tiny little room. It's, that's it's nuts. awesome to see that because you know you see your friends and you see these people do these cool things and that's really what got me into music and kind of stuff. I mean, I've always been into this, yeah. But just being able to play in these shows and working so like kind of go backtracking a little bit with the 1975, we had been trying to book them for two years. Wow. So right after their first album came out, we had a couple of people on the council like, "Hey, we need to book this band." And our booking agent worked for two years to book this band, okay? Jeez. Two years we were on the phone with them. And we got I was this was I was in summer school at the time. I was working in our office doing kind of some promotional marketing for the Avid Brothers. Yeah. And my and our booking agent, who was my boss at the time, called me in. It was me and two other people he called in the office. We sat down, he goes, Okay, guys, I have to tell you something. And we're all like, Oh God, we're gonna lose our jobs. Like it was something <laughs> bad. He goes, you cannot say anything. This is this is top secret. I mean, like nobody knew this at the time. He goes, "We got the 1975 for like a great price." I mean, oh my it was an amazing price. And we, he was like, "Do we do it?" Because we were the only people at the time there, so yeah. we had to make the call whether or not we were going to book the show. Right. <laughs> Me and three other people, okay, who are 21 at the time, okay. So we sat down. We talked about it. We looked at the pros and the cons. We said is this a show that we think we can sustainably do? And because it was a big show, it was four tractor trailers coming in, load in, load out. You know, we were, we had to do all the load in and load out ourselves besides all the rigging. Really? Obviously you have to have yeah. people who professionally do that. But 
I hung the video wall with three other people in the back. <laughs> oh like my we built this stage. It for was the nineteen for the nineteen seventy five. Yeah, <laughs> like and this production was insane. I mean, I've never seen they they probably had three million dollars just in production value. Jesus, I mean what? And that's just in lighting and things like that. But that's so. We cool. had to make this call, and I could not tell anybody. Like I could not tell anybody. My <laughs> girlfriend at the time was the biggest nineteen seventy five fan. I couldn't even tell her. Dang, it was was she pissed? When she she wasn't mad when she found out. She was just a little <laughs> upset, which is fair. But and that show did really well. I mean, the day that we, we announced oh that show, we had probably had like four hundred thousand impressions on the video that we did, Jeez. which is insane. Because we were the only North Carolina date, so yeah, people came from every right. Raleigh, Charlotte to, to that show. Yeah, and it was crazy. And Dude. another cool thing that we got to do, kind of going on that point, is we got to do all the what's called riders. So basically, artists will submit a rider, which is all their requests so we got to go out and do that like we drove the 1975 to the liquor store like <laughs> that was the know. request <laughs> well, like okay. whatever they wanted well we can't buy things there yeah because state funding so it's against the law for us as a to buy that kind of thing for okay. them so we could take them there they would just have to purchase it with their own money oh, okay um, we're not yeah Makes so sense. but for food like we would prepare food for them and things like that and kind of got to interact it was it was probably one of the most stressful days of my life trying to interact. <laughs> like, just because it's, you know, you see these big artists, and they're just people. I mean, but, yeah. But, you know, you think, you're like, oh, my gosh, this band is touring. They're playing all these big festivals, and they're, he's right there <laughs> in front of me. So it was just an interesting experience. But I learned a lot of really valuable skills doing that kind of thing. Um, it it was so much fun, though. I can't even imagine, like, where to begin uh -huh. on something like that. Yeah. Like, okay, we need a stage. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and just like going in the convocation center, if you could, the Boone Convocation Center, the 1975, okay. Yeah. It's just, I've never seen anything like it. The production, I mean, it was crazy. They turned the lights on or the lights off and turned the production up, and I just, I was just like, whoa. I was like, man, I built that. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. That's nuts. That's so it's just, cool. But it's so cool to see that thing. And then the next year we had the Migos. Like, it was crazy, you know? That's so it's like it's so insane. Like yeah. it's something I'd never expect from Boone. It, honestly. Oh, for sure. And that was such a unique experience. That was actually one of the reasons why I wanted to go to App was that experience huh, yeah. um, being able to do that because you work from everybody from your local band, like yeah. your small band that'll probably never make it yeah. bigger <laughs> than being an opening band for an opening band. Yeah. To these national acts, and you get to see these people grow in this. It's really awesome. How'd you get into DJing? Yeah. So I. <laughs> Funny story, my so I was in the band in high school, and I had a couple friends. The band, not a band. Right? The band. The band. Uh, well, yeah. I was in a cover band, like, okay. but we never played any shows. I think right. we played maybe one show or something. I can't remember. But took out some friends at a house or something. But I was in the band. I played the trumpet, but I was also on drum line in the marching band. Okay. And me and my friend went to uh, we went to the beach. A couple of our friends, and we had this idea. There was a like a it wasn't a talent show but it was like a variety show at, the, at our sure. high school yeah and we were like well do we want to play in a band because like electronic music was kind of hitting america at that point i mean it had been it's been here for a long time but it was really kind of hitting the mainstream market like people were finding out who like skrillex was and right. these kind of cool things so we were like we should just dj like as a joke to kind of do it <laughs> and because neither of us had ever DJed. Like, I'd never yeah. touched turntables tables in my life. <laughs> so we were just like, screw it, we're going to do this. So we got there. We, like, somehow or another last-minute booked on this variety show. 
Did you have turntables and everything? Yeah. So my friend actually had some. From his his dad was a DJ. Oh, okay. But he had never touched them. So we we show up to this thing and literally neither of us have ever touched turntables in our life at this show. Oh, perfect. Never. Which is perfect. Yeah, yeah. So, so it was we going like great. Yeah, it was gonna go. We were like, oh my god, we're gonna bomb. But we were just like, screw it, we're gonna do it anyways. So we did it, and we, so everybody just kind of like played the guitar and like all this weird stuff. Yeah. Which is fine. It's like cool. the other acts. Yeah, the other acts. Like yeah, they yeah, played yeah. the guitar, like right. did magic tricks, which is cool. Like yeah, it's awesome. no, I'm sure they're good at it. But yeah, and they were great. But we literally just like kind of opened the curtain. It was me and my friend. We had a like a table that you would play beer pong on that looked like <laughs> it had been through hell and back. And we hit our turntables up there. And it was just us. And I don't remember what song we played, but like the whole crowd, it was an auditorium. They just like got up and got on stage. And they, the people just could not, the ride show people could not stop it. You like, just started a mosh Like pit this and dude was like taking his shirt off and just like squirrel it. It was wild. But then I had this like epiphany moment. I was like, that was really fun. Like, maybe I should keep doing this. <laughs> so we did it the next year at the variety show and, like, got way more. We got lighting yeah. and stuff. So it looked halfway decent. But then I went to college and was – I wanted to kind of do something because I played an instrument, but I don't want to I don't want to be in the marching band again. Right, you know. Or anything like that because it just was a lot of time and I didn't really want to – I mean, those people put in so much hours. Yeah, it's exactly. Like, it's I'm, almost like a full-time job, it, it seems like. You know, they have like an athlete. Yeah, and I did it in high school, and it was fun. Yeah. Um, but I just kind of wanted a different experience because yeah, I, yeah. I was moving away three hours from home, and I kind of wanted a different experience. So I ran into – I went to a house party. It was a Pike fraternity party <laughs> with some friends, and I went up to the DJ and introduced myself just kind of like – yeah. Say hey, like I was a DJ. Like I'm looking to kind of get into DJing. Like yeah, not you, having fun at the party. No, it was a, it was, somebody else. no yeah. Cause <laughs> it, me being, I don't. I'm not a big dancer, so like yeah. I just go to appreciate music. I mean, like I'll dance or whatever, but I'm not. I'm not one out there who's like the first on the floor, like throwing it down, like throwing their hips out, trying no, to get that's the crazy. Ego. Yeah. yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I can totally see that. Absolutely. If I'm drunk enough, who knows? <laughs> Anything's possible. So his name was Keaton, and. It was a toga party of all parties, <laughs> which is, I was like, wow, that's really Greek of, yeah, of trying to do that's that. that's so college. But Keaton was like, yo, man, can you come cover the turntables for a minute? I got to go to the bathroom. And I was like, oh, God, because I had never touched like, any of his turntables. He was like, because he, he, I was a DJ, so he was yeah. like, okay, I can assume this guy can do what sure. he's doing. So he's like, cool. And all I remember was I played, it was Get Low by Little John into... <laughs> Yeah, by Usher, and just, like, the reaction I got from the crowd was just insane, and he just, like, let me, honestly, DJ for the rest of the night, which was That's weird, sick. but it was cool, because I met him, and he actually introduced me to another guy in town who was kind of the big DJ in the town okay. of Boone, and he kind of, I don't want to say he ran the show, but pretty much every booking <laughs> in the town came through him, because wow. everybody knew him, he was really well-respected in That's town, nice. so I went to the bar, like, probably two nights later, and introduced myself, and... We went to this place, this uh, Chinese buffet, which is, <laughs> one, it's a gut buster. Like, yeah. if you eat there, you're definitely going to have problems. <laughs> yeah. Like, your intestines are probably going to explode. <laughs> but the food was too good not to. So we went there, and we kind of, like, interviewed me, basically, for a job. Because a couple of the bars were still need DJs, and he was just getting too many bookings that he couldn't. Keep. So he was, yeah, he couldn't. He, he was basically having to give them away to people, and he didn't want to. So we kind of got um acquaint acquainted with each other and kind of really became friends and really hit it off nice and he just started giving me gigs how old were you at the time i was 18 
Wow. DJing at bars at 18. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Not old enough to drink. No. So yeah. I was in these bars and I was teaching these fraternity events and functions and it, it, it was crazy, man. I, by the end of my senior year, I was playing Thursday, Friday, Saturday, well, Thursday, Friday, Saturday nights, pretty much every weekend, sometimes oh Wednesdays, sometimes during the day. Jesus. So I would go my, this was my schedule. Okay. So I would have four or five classes. I can't remember. I would Thursday, I would get home from class probably about six o'clock, eat dinner, shower, pack my stuff, go to the bar, get there probably about eight, eight fifteen, set up. First event usually would be a fraternity or sorority event at nine, right. yeah. and that would go to eleven. So I'd play that, and then the rest of the bar would open, and I'd probably I'd play from eleven to two, or and I'd probably get done about three o'clock after packing. So I'd go home, stay up the rest of the night, <laughs> go to my eight a.m. Oh, class God. the next day, come home, sleep, wake up eat shower pack stuff go to either a house party or um the Dude. bar if i played a house party i made more money usually because yeah. the bar i got a low amount plus door okay um but a house party was always a flat rate right but house parties always went longer because usually i'd play a house party from like 8 to three thirty. Jesus. if it didn't if it didn't I'll get shut down. So long hours, man. <laughs> yeah, and I would do that again Saturday night, and then I'd still be, I'd be going to class on top of that, plus working with the concerts, doing that. Are so you was, a night owl? What's your deal? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I, cannot I, I became, so. I, became <laughs> I became one. I think you know because you adjust your hours once you get used to it and doing it for. I was also doing if it for you're having years. a good time, like yeah, and it's yeah, like I mean, the, the people made it fun, but the people also made it suck, but the people made it yeah. fun at the same time. <laughs> Did you, you have any like apples. drunk people coming up to you as a DJ? Yeah, all the time. People, I've had people spill stuff on my laptop. I mean, oh, yeah, well, thankfully I had a, a cover on it, Smart but still, it's one of those things where the best thing is the person who comes up and requests like we're playing some hard rap or some like hard EDM electro or whatever, and someone's like, "I want to hear Call Me Maybe" by Carly <laughs> You're like, no. Or, There's weird songs though that are like. For whatever reason, everyone loves them. They'll just yeah. they'll pick right up. Everyone will sing the entire song. Sweet Caroline. Yeah, exactly. You know, so but, I mean, you got to know when to play. I don't know. Yeah, when to it's play. one of those things where it's you know, it's tough to play, and that's I think half the battle of a DJ is the crowd is like watching the crowd, and you know, people are like, oh, DJs just push buttons. And have, you had, have you had crowds where you like go in with rap and then you end up like just doing like straight country or like yeah. something completely Absolutely. that you didn't want to do? Absolutely. Or, I've totally had that. Yeah. Like I DJed a Christian sorority one time. Nice. <laughs> and no, they were great. Like they were great people. But yeah. I basically was playing some rap music and she came up to me and was like, um, we're not, please don't play any music with expletives in it. Really? So I didn't, I don't have, I don't have, okay. I'm not yeah. the kind of guy that plays clean music Yeah. because I don't think, Who is? Uh, but like, I mean, there are certain situations where clean music is acceptable. Yeah. You right. know, like yeah. if you're funerals. playing like a massive <laughs> yeah, funerals, yeah, absolutely. Um, but if you're playing like a big event with a lot of children, you know, yeah, yeah, I can yeah, expe- I can yeah. understand that, There's but a family side. You know, it's a it's a fraternity or sorority function. I mean, y- yeah. you're you're of age. I mean, it's not like you've never heard these songs before, and so, but uh, yeah. And she was like, "You can't play any expletives." So I basically had to play like '90s pop and country the whole time. Which nice. uh, P- DJing country music is a lot harder than people realize. <laughs> it's because it's you hitting the turntables often. <laughs> <laughs> it's just one of those things where. Country music's not as um, uh, time-based. It's a little more fluid with, with like, whereas, like, hip-hop and rap kind of 
really is based on electronic beats or yeah. sampled beats that are the same kind of tempo, yeah, whereas country music can kind of shift a little bit. That's true. So, but like with more popular country music, it's kind of becoming more electronic, I guess. Well, nice. Or pop, yeah, like pop country <laughs> is a lot different than like '90s and t- early 2000s country. So, and I have respect. I mean, no, I respect I it. I mean, it's not something that I love playing, but I mean, if, if people it, like it, if people like it, and they're paying me money, like whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's mine. Now, did you get into the, any of those weird venues, like like the funeral or something like that? Um, oh god, uh, well, <laughs> that would be terrible. This is kind of a funny thing. Sometimes uh, they have DJs. Well. I DJ'd, so there was this girl who I met on Tinder once, and she's super nice. She was in my major, super yeah. nice girl. We, like, went on a date or hung out or whatever you want to call it. Super nice, didn't go anywhere. Two weeks later, she was like, hey, can you DJ my brother's wedding? <laughs> so I ended up DJing her brother's wedding, which is awesome. That's I mean, cool. It was like, <laughs> That's what Tinder should be used for, just Yeah, networking. I mean, it was cool, though, just because I got to do something that I, I'd never done a wedding before. Yeah. So it was something different, and they were such a fun bunch. And then the next wedding I did made me never want to do a wedding ever again. Huh. It was just not good. So I mean, it's so weird, like the different types of Weddings, families you get. Because yeah. some people they get wild. Yeah. Like they get the bar open, oh, everything they absolutely. get wild, and then like some weddings are so they have weird vibes, boring. They're yeah. like, yeah, it's so formal. I guess I. Yeah, I totally get it. And the the first wedding I DJed, I played like house music, like electronic music, and they were all about it. Like they really? were just, I mean, because I was just like. Why not? Let's try and see if it works, and it did. And then the next wedding I played, it was like really slow, like uh, not jazz, but you know, like really sad songs. I'm like, why are you (laughs) playing this at a wedding? It's like you're predicting. I can only imagine, and I'm like, why would you ever play that song? I can only imagine that's like about someone dying. Why would you play that at a wedding? (laughs) Well, some call it the same thing. I don't know. I guess. (laughs) But yeah, like, so it was it was a fun experience. I I miss it a little bit, but yeah. I gave it up after I, because I, I senior year I played 150 events my in God. my time at the university. Holy crap! That's a lot of money. Yeah, I that's invested a, a lot of it back into yeah. equipment and stuff. But I, dude, uh, yeah, that's, you still have your old equipment? Not really anymore. Yeah, I kind of sold it. Yeah, it's just not. I mean, I didn't keep it around because I didn't do it because I wanted to take a break from it because I felt like I was getting stale at it. Right. And I told myself if I. I wasn't getting nervous playing, and I told myself if I didn't get a little nervous, then, yeah, yeah, I'm too comfortable. So I decided to step away for a little bit. That totally makes sense. It's either yeah. you like up it like crazy, yeah, yeah, or you do something Plateau. different. I don't. Well, know. Yeah, and it's like you know, I was playing parties of like two thousand people oh and God. not getting nervous, and that was just like whoa, like that was the kind of moment where I was like, okay, something's not yeah. right. Did you ever consider like producing at all? Or? I did, but it's just it's. The production world is so hard to get into because yeah. you really have to hit it right, and you have to be you have to find something that clicks with a lot of people. Right. Um, and I respect people who do DJ and produce. It's it's no. a hard um, just the hours. I yeah. couldn't do the hours. Yeah, the hour, but see, it's one of those things you get adjusted to. I think people people think it's like people who work night shift jobs. It's you know? true. Yeah, you just get no. adjusted to that whole thing. No, you're right. It's totally true. I just enjoy seeing the sun. That's it. That's it. that's all <laughs> it comes down to. I totally do that. I don't know. I don't think I could do DJing per se, but I could work hard jobs. So yeah, it's just kind of that thing where you like do. That's not an easy job. You're working late nights. You're you Mm -hmm. know you're grinding. You're in school at the same time. Do you think that made coming to a job like this one here at NC State, where somebody who hasn't adjusted would feel like it's a lot of work? But and it is a lot of work. Do you think it made it easier? Well, I think that too. And. This is not to rag on people, but I grew up, I started working like a job at 16. I yeah. was a summer day camp counselor at the nice. YMCA. 
So I, I really had to learn how to handle people, and I worked with middle school kids. Yeah, which is a tough age group if you the don't know how to work population. with them. <laughs> I often <laughs> say that middle school kids are the uh, worst. Yeah. You don't think so? People say that. No, I think middle school kids are just really misunderstood because. They're that's why you're a good counselor. They're, no, they're just at a, just at a <laughs> yeah, weird time I, in their life, and they're trying to figure things out, and that's understandable. And you have to true. work with that kind of thing, and you have to remember, you have to be on their level because, you it's know, true. you've been their age; they yeah. haven't been your age. It's true. So you've seen a lot of things in your life, and oh yeah, that's you, the thing though. It's right around the time where you feel like you know a lot, yeah, and exactly. you actually know nothing, <laughs> and it's that transition from like elementary school where you like you're just an idiot all the time. <laughs> but now you think you know something, like and I that. think I don't know. Yeah. Kid, that's when you see the worst in kids. This was a weird time. They do some mean things to people, but also like they just don't know what's going on. No. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I could see that perspective. Yeah, and I learned. I mean, I, I'm not saying I was the best middle school counselor my yeah. first year, but you know, after doing it for five years, I learned kind of what was the battles to pick with yeah. things, and you know, <laughs> patience, man. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's being patient taught me a lot. I mean. I'm not the most patient person in the world, but, you know, I learned. It, yeah. it forced me to learn. And I really <laughs> I really enjoyed that job. I really did because I was outside. You know, it forced yeah. me to be creative because, I mean, the younger kids are inside a lot because we just didn't have the space to put all the younger kids and the older kids inside. Yeah. So you really had to yeah. get creative with, like, games and kind of keeping their attention because they want to text their friends all day. <laughs> and, you know, we had, we basically had a no phone policy between right. the hours of like nine and uh, five. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously when they're, you know, like we call it rides camp. in when all the kids are getting there. And yeah. then before we do a kind of the day, we were okay with it as long as it wasn't like, you know, yeah. overbearing or whatever. And I think, you know, I just always tried to get to know the kids and kind of learn them because, you know, you never know what's going on in those kids' lives, especially oh. at home, you know, this may be the only time that kids, you know, have a good meal during the day or that's the crazy thing, you know, or, you know, the, I think people forget a lot of the times that sometimes the kids that are seeking attention, you know, you think they're they're acting out, but it's right. really because they're not getting that attention at home yeah. or they're not or they're being mistreated. No, I wouldn't I wouldn't use the yeah. word mistreated, but they're just. Just different situations. Yeah, there's just different situations. You have to look at those kinds of things. And interesting. It, it forces you to have those perspectives. You know, if you if you didn't grow up in a home like that and you, you would think, oh, that kid's acting out. But you really yeah. don't think, oh, maybe mom had a bad day or the parents are divorced and they're having yeah. going custody arguments divorce, or whatever. Yeah. You don't know. So trying to learn that perspective is really forced me to think a lot about how I think about for sure uh, people's upbringings. Now, that's really interesting. And do you like. Does that help you now as I think a so. manager or something like that with people skills? I think so. I try <laughs> to be. I mean, do I middle schoolers like correlate to older people? <laughs> sure. Do you I, see I mean, I think treat everyone like a middle schooler, and you'll be all right. <laughs> no, I think it, it's taught me. I mean, you can probably attest to this too, but it's also trying to be flexible and making sure that there's points where you can say, "Okay, I understand what you're doing." Yeah. And but also, you have to you have to be a boss, but you also have to be a mentor at the same time. Yeah. You know, with Addie. <clears throat> Or the other interns, I try to be okay. If you've got a test Friend. or something and you can't do an event, yeah. let me know, and yeah. I will I will try to make it as accessible for you to get your schoolwork done because you are a student first here. Well, I don't go to class, but I appreciate you should that. go to class. <laughs> um, you're friend. paying for it. You're paying for it. Um, but you know, and that's the thing is like being understanding and yeah. saying, "Hey, Addie, you got a test today. Yeah. Cool. You can't do this event. Awesome. Great." And just you know, having conversations and just trying to 
get to know the people I think is important. Yeah. And I feel I hope I've done that. Oh, with my it's interns. so huge because I've been at like I've been at jobs that just didn't mean anything. I was like I was like a golf club washer at a country club. And that was my job, washing golf clubs. <laughs> and to the oh. boss there, he was like, this is life and death. Because, like, <laughs> that was his thing. That was his full-time job. Right, he yeah. was he was managing the bag room where members stored their golf bags. Yeah, sure. But, like, he would not recognize that, like, you know, other people have other things to do. Yeah. Or, like, they want to mm-hmm. do other things. And huh. if you're not showing up, like, five days a week washing golf clubs, regardless of what school you're doing or, like, what other job you have or whatever – you want to go on vacation one weekend or something like that. He was so strict. I was like, that's stupid. This is the worst type of boss ever. Like, yeah, yeah. You got to understand or like have perspective, I guess. Like people do yeah. other things also. It's just this job isn't everything they do, but, yeah. but if they put good work at the, the, you know, the work they're doing here, then like let them have some leeway. That's I all. Agree. <laughs> I agree for sure. I don't know. Being a good boss is something it's difficult. Diego's a boss. I was a boss. Or he was a boss. Yeah, yeah I wasn't. A I good agree, boss. and I'm not saying that I'm perfect. And I, I, I'm not saying I've always been a good boss. There's always things that I can learn, and always yeah. things I can improve on. And that's important to conduct. Like, whenever you do exit interviews with people, it's ask, say, "Hey, I want you to be honest. How do you feel about how I've been as a boss?" And be an active listener with those people, and say, "Okay, I haven't been great about communicating certain things." Yeah. Cool. Here's some things that you can do better to communicate those things, and just trying to learn and tr- and putting those into action by learning, growing. You know, it's just important. growing. <laughs> yeah, it growing, and you know, accepting that you're never gonna always make the right decision, and there's always gonna be consequences to every decision you make. Yeah. You know, and even with hiring and firing people, it's yeah. the same way. You know, <laughs> and that's it's it's tough. I, yeah. I don't like firing people I don't like it but you know it's one of those things that you have to be able to do as a as a boss no, you have to say hey I respect you as a person this is not a personal thing but it's it's dependent on getting this work done and it's important <laughs> it's funny you say that guess who I saw last night <laughs> where at the protest. downtown yeah I saw Brandon wow you guys was he, both was he photographing him? Yeah, that's cool. Yes. We're, we're Eskimo brothers. You guys, <laughs> I hate you. with Brendan. <laughs> what? We both fired Brendan. Oh, oh, I was like, you might want to preface <laughs> that a little so bit. Stupid. That wouldn't oh be the term God. I would use, but um, and oh, like, God. and there's nothing against. No, you know, I think I don't think he's a bad person, or no, I don't I think, think anybody that I fire is a bad. He's person. He's a great photographer. Yeah, and that's no. and his work's great. It's just. You know, there are expectations in jobs. Sometimes it just comes down to like within the dynamics of what we're doing at this location. Yeah. We need somebody who does like who fits this role. Yeah. Not like they could be qualified, but sure. somebody less qualified can grow into sure. it. It's so, absolutely they, right. They fit the team better. It's just, Attitude. you know, it's not personal. Like he'll, sure he'll take great photos. And if he wanted to, he could probably be a really successful photographer. Like anybody yeah. who gets fired, they can still be successful at whatever they do. It's, yeah, and it's that's not right. a knock. And I think it too, it's it's passion about what you're doing. Yeah, it has a big impact to me. It's like if you don't like what you're doing, especially in internships. Yeah, and it's know? like I don't want you to feel like you're wasting your time here. And yeah, that's what I tell people when when I hire them. I say or fire them, <laughs> or either or. It's like I don't want to waste your time because right. I want you to learn something. If you're not gaining something out of this, I'm not doing my job right. Yeah, as a mentor and a boss, it's you know my job is to teach you and help you learn how to do these things. That's the coolest part about this job. Like, I mean, we basically did the same job Mm -hmm. doing like all these random events, but the amount of things I've learned from just like 
client interaction because I'm also like an introverted person. Yeah. And so when you're forced to like just constantly <laughs> go and meet clients or whatever and yeah. like take photos and say like, hey, maybe taking headshots in a room with no uh, windows <laughs> is not a good idea. Like putting yeah. like learning some things just from like messing it up. That's or, the best part of this job, honestly. Or I yeah. mean, I think that's the biggest learning curve with this job. Yeah, Assuming you have to be you adaptable. Have or you have to like experience. if you, if you're willing to learn, you can really like make the uh, make a lot out of like sure what little we have, I guess. Oh yeah, but it's still a lot of what we like. We still got like good cameras. We got good yeah, lenses. Absolutely. And we have some like we have Ronins and stuff like that. We do have good shit. But like if you compare that to like a really really high you know crazy production, production company, company, sure. I don't know if you really appreciate what that stuff does without like having to struggle and something like right, this and right, like right. really working on putting something great out yeah with you know the tools you have sure i i this job has been great i'd say i think i mean red eye and das's biggest constraint is just time and client volume yeah which is really I the mean, biggest we have constraint. 55 departments but yeah. also you got to remember that not every single department we service i mean you That's know, there's true. some departments yeah. that have their own small teams of that yeah. do things, which it's is civil. great. It saves us a little bit of time, you know. And I mean, you guys have a ton of volume with student clubs, but there's also clubs it, that do their own thing. It's true. And yeah. thankfully, you guys have a little bit more leeway when it comes to branding and things like that. It's true, um, which is Thank nice. God. No, yeah, we compared do. to us, which is fine. Like I, I mean, I want people to respect the brand. Like I mean, we paid a lot of money for it, so you yeah. might as well use it. So. Also, when the client doesn't pay you directly, there's less of a commitment on their end, you know, because we do. I mean, we get paid, but we do the work for free yeah, to these clients. Essentially. So, I, yeah, I mean, they get a good deal. It's a smart, oh, it's a great deal. It's a smart move by NC State. To by have. Justin, right? Yeah, yeah I guess it's his idea. Well, yeah, Justin I mean, it's, I mean, it's the whole yeah. division's idea, kind of, It's to have that central marketing, because one, it helps things go through us to make sure that they're on brand. Yeah. Right. Um, I mean, stuff people put stuff out that's on our brand all the time i mean yeah and we have to be the i don't want to use the term brand police but it's like that's kind of the way we have to do it it's like hey you have to respect this because you know we want to try to maintain as consistent as possible or be as consistent as possible when it comes to that stuff i don't NC understand state, nc state has a good branding too because i mean yeah. i've started applying to like a bunch of mm -hmm. graduate schools i guess and so i'm looking at these schools websites and like <laughs> everything is changing from yeah. like you go from like their main page to the engineering page mm -hmm. to the civil engineering page yeah everything's different and it's like just going back and i'm talking about like civil. princeton or something like that it's right. like yeah. how are you guys okay with this yeah, like going to princeton all right no no chance <laughs> I but it. i'm looking at these crazy schools just to just to look just sure, to yeah, browse what's out there not that it'll ever happen sure no you should do it <laughs> no but, it's actually good to look at those things yeah. and see what yeah what's working for them and what's not yeah and um, what they want it helps you reevaluate your brand and say okay maybe we need to add a new color or maybe we need to add a new typeface yeah to make it feel more modern or more sleek or things like that so it's good to always look at your not competition but your yeah. you know your other peer institutions would be the term I would use. No, State does have a good brand. I agree. Yeah, I mean, there, there's always room for improvement I oh, think, yeah, for within sure. brands, but I mean, I think generally they've done a really good job of tying everything together. I mean, everything's consistent. Yeah, That's and I think huge. the brick's really um, kind of a cool homage to the university itself yeah. as, you know, the foundations of like building yeah. this cool thing because I mean, obviously you use built bricks to build things, but it's everything <laughs> on campus is brick. So it's, yeah. it's a nice homage to the main campus, which is, no, cool. I agree. I agree completely. It's a good school. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. I want to transition to like current events. I think. Sure. Has has stuff been happening in the world recently? <laughs> yeah, man. <it's laughs> past week's been crazy. The past week has been. Yeah, it's been busy. It's been busy. Um, did you watch the launch? Yeah, I guess you did. Yeah. So I watched it so on Wednesday. Cool. Actually, I turned it on at twelve and watched it all the way up to the sixteen minutes. I um, like, yeah. I just had it on my computer too, and I was well. Just, I mean, I had it on the TV while I was working. Yeah. So, um, it, it's just fascinating to look at these things and say. I mean, uh, I'm sure Joseph. I mean talked about it when he yeah. was on yeah and just kind of the the trailblazing this he is was i mean geeking out I yeah mean, it's yeah. crazy <laughs> to look at all this stuff i mean and say this is done one for a lot cheaper than oh yeah it's crazy. you know what it is but it's also crazy to see these it's just it's a milestone it's a huge milestone for the entire the entire the, world to be able to commercially put people in space it's so cool um, i mean I think especially like knowing Joseph and him giving like a little bit of insight, it's mm -hmm. it's huge. It makes all the difference yeah. on like one space is cool before that. But when you know a little bit more, like when you watch the stream <laughs> and you, you get yeah. to learn a little bit more, it's like, okay, let's not pay $80 million for a seat just to be on the rocket. Right. Um, let's build our own rockets or let's get the private company to compete and get like a cheaper rocket. Yeah. And I think rumor has it that SpaceX is trying to get somebody into space uh commercially next year like a civilian yeah, yeah. More or less. rumor is tom cruise wow. yeah that's what tom they're, they're looking at the doing filming filming yeah yeah that's the that's what's well, it's not i think it, film tom, it may space. not may or may not be tom cruise but yeah. they're looking to film <laughs> something he has expressed interest in that and it's that is insane it's crazy to see you know uh, also kind of looking at that uh when you look at things like the space shuttle launch and this is the first time we've launched a new spacecraft with humans in it in 30 years yeah. from American it's soil, so which cool. is crazy. And then 10 years at all from American yeah. soil. So you so. look at all the buttons in the space and the space shuttle and all these buttons and all this stuff. You have to basically like use this little poker to get the buttons because there's just so many that you're afraid that you're going to hit something else. It's it's awesome that like it's 2020 technology. Like Things yeah, are automated, touchscreen. Touch yeah. It looks so clean in the cabin. Yeah, that's I think that's, like, that's slick. Nice. Idea, I think for them it was really smart to do that um, it makes sense i mean like you look at the old rockets and it's like they're ten thousand buttons it's insane yeah. and you're just like floating around and you got to manually do all this stuff it's there's too yeah, much room yeah. for things to go wrong i guess yeah, yeah. it's but you also got to remember that in the span of 60 years a little over 60 yeah. years we went from earth only people <laughs> flying off the coast of north carolina it's true to putting someone on the moon with a rocket that has less me had less memory than what you would find in a graphing calculator. <laughs> yeah, like that is pretty nuts. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that that just tells you the ingenuity of humans. humans. And like people were hand wiring the bits on the computer of the Apollo rocket. Like hand wiring. Women were from the sewing industry were hand wiring bits. Oh right. my like God. ones and zeros bits. Oh not, my God. Not <laughs> chips bits. The smallest thing. Oh. Yeah, but we made it. We but, got but, there. And, I yeah, mean, it's like you and we're landing it. rockets on ships in the ocean. Yeah, okay, like, that was one of the craziest parts to me that they landed it. Yeah, in the ocean. Yeah, on a boat. on a, on a <laughs> boat that's that's a drone that's autonomously powered. It's crazy. Yeah, the world's so different now. It's nuts. Elon Musk is, I mean, he's a controversial know, character, about him, but like but he's an asset to civilization. I sure. Think. I like that he just pushes the agenda all the time, and he's, he's never. Crazy. He's never just like sitting still. He's always pushing it much further than anyone's ambitions are. You know, between like the Cybertruck, 
Yeah, I think I it's mean, important. Well, have y'all heard about the the what's it called? The neural or neural the, yeah, neural like open AI or yeah. open AI or whatever he's what doing. The yeah, the neural fuck? networks he's looking at. That's yeah. crazy. I mean, I don't think that technology's clo- as close as they think. It's like it's like fusion technology. People are yeah. like, oh, that's ten years out, but yeah. really, fusion is way far out. I yeah, think it's just milestones. But you need people to do that, and you need people to kind of, uh, you know, whether or not they're the most likable people to do that but you have to have somebody just speak out and say that i don't even know if you can be that likable yeah and be that smart or that that brilliant like yeah. like kanye i don't think i'd like talking to or like hanging out with him no but, but his music especially old kanye of course you know groundbreaking he's a groundbreaking <laughs> producer yeah. it's just like steve jobs not likable but i love his iphone yeah you know? i think whoa uh, yeah, true. it's like Bill Gates too. I mean, people people look at Bill Gates and they're like, "Oh, Bill Gates does all this stuff," but like, Bill Gates back in the '90s was ruthless. He was fiery. Like he he he, he did not want the government touching his business. No, he, he was, did. He saved Apple to keep Microsoft from being yeah like screwed uh, by the government. He yeah. bought Apple stock to help <laughs> keep them afloat. I mean, he, he was a savage. He would openly like call his like people just like this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my entire <laughs> life, and you are useless. <laughs> yeah, it's like like crazy insults to his people, and it's like like Gordon Ramsay. Yeah, I yeah. mean, Gordon Ramsay's an interesting one because in he's actually world. nice. Yeah, in real life, because he is nice, at least to like kids or like to his peers and yeah. stuff like that. People who he respects, I guess. Right. But when you come to like Hell's Kitchen, it's like. What's a lot of real every reality TV show? Is I'm sure a, they play it up. Exactly, it's like the people people forget that The Bachelor, obviously staged. Yeah. American Idol, obviously staged <laughs> to some degree. I mean, huh. okay, think about it. When you watch American Idol, you watch it, and they've got all these backstories about all these people. And they filmed this. It's yeah. not like they just walked in there and were like, "Okay, go film my hometown and all these crazy things that have happened." <laughs> it's true. No, you Obviously, gotta, they you gotta pulled get these there. people. Yeah, you, yeah, come on, you got to pull the heartstrings to get America to keep watching. It's true. I mean, yeah, everybody It'd be boring does it. if you didn't. E- everybody does it. Every news network does it. They're all. I mean, news everybody's is the worst. guilty of it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you got to keep people interested, so exactly. it makes sense. Yeah. Oh no! Yeah, as someone in the broadcasting world, yeah. I, I'll tell you. I mean, we're guilty of it. We do it all the time. You have to. You have so to. I agree. That's how you get the clicks. But Elon Musk pushing the agenda, it's just like, Crazy it's unlike anything. Yeah. Uh, there's nobody like him. There hasn't been anyone like him in a long time, I'd say. Nuts. And yeah. it's pretty impressive that he's been able to push the agenda. And he just like, he started with what? PayPal? Before that, he started was, with a company. What was it called? The, it was like, um, I don't remember what it was, but yeah, he sold off PayPal and then. He actually saved Tesla from going under, and then... Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he really pushes the agenda. Like, SpaceX was going to go under, too, I think, because yeah. they, they tried to launch well, their rocket. Failures, they pretty failed. Bad failures. Tried to launch their rocket again. <laughs> failed. And then the third time, they're like, apparently, rumor has it, the last time they launched it before it worked, it was like, this is our last launch, and if we if this doesn't work, we're screwed. We're screwed. This, it's over. Wow. And now they're pushing people into space. So it's like... Tom Cruise. It's not what you expect, but... I mean, even just cars. Yeah. Ariana and I, my girlfriend, bought a car yesterday. Right. And <clears throat> so it's this 2018 Honda Fit, and it has lane assist. Nice. And so, like, you start swerving out of the lane just a little bit, car <laughs> puts you right back in the middle <laughs> of the lane. It's nuts. Yeah. And this is just like a, you it's know. a normal car now. This is a cheap Honda Fit. This thing's, like, not even 15 grand. Right. You know, it's like. It's like $13,000. It's like yeah. one of the cheapest new cars you can buy. 
And this thing is putting you right back in the middle of the lane. It's like yeah, crazy. It's awesome. It's I mean, weird. It's The world we're living in is getting crazy. Well, thankfully, the government is looking at that stuff and saying, hey, we should look at requiring this kind of thing. I mean, yeah. think about it for the longest time. I mean, even my dad will tell me, imagine riding in cars without seatbelts, like how much more dangerous that is. That's nuts. Like, I mean, when we put seatbelts in cars, the death rate drastically dropped. And airbags, too, drastically yeah. dropped. Yeah. So I think it's, you know, now we have backup cameras are mandatory. Backup cameras are crazy. I've never had a car with one personally. Yeah. But when you see it, it's like there's there's why, nothing I've ever I, hit ever. Looking like, over my shoulder. <laughs> it's the craziest thing. It makes backing up so easy. Now, like, I appreciate yeah. that I've learned how to back up. Like, I'm, I'm the world's best backwards driver. Hell yeah. But there you go. <laughs> I don't know. It's like anyone yeah. can drive now, it seems like. The, the barrier mm-hmm. to being a good driver is smaller because the cars we, are doing it. Yeah, you can thank companies like Tesla for that. I mean, going yeah. back to Elon Musk, you can thank those companies for really pushing the envelope. I mean, between him, Waymo, yeah. who's owned by Google, yeah. you know, and I mean, really, it's kind of impressive the technology of these companies. I mean, Wasn't love Uber the companies, hate stuff? the companies. Huh? Wasn't Uber doing stuff with? Yeah, Uber was looking at that too. Um, but Uber is in some weird financial things right now, obviously. I mean, everybody's in financial weirdness right now, but... Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, Google, I love, love them or hate them. They've really pushed the envelope on... I mean, look at Google Earth, for example. <laughs> it's unreal. I mean, heck, GPS. Yeah. You can thank the government for GPS. I mean... <laughs> yeah. Like... It's nuts. Yeah. I mean, GPS in a phone, too, is so clutch. <laughs> that was such a good idea. Like when I was in Peru and we're like navigating cities when you don't have cell service or you're so just in the middle of nowhere can and, you imagine and boom. if you didn't have it? Like, what? Like where where am I? You, you gotta look at a map, man. Yeah. Yeah. No, can't do it. Can't do it. Don't know where I am on that map. That's funny. <laughs> I don't know. It'd the world's just so do, different. Mm-hmm. It is. And I, I really appreciate it. And it's changing all the well, time. Shit's going down now. Speaking of changing. <laughs> yeah. Well with the protests and everything. You weren't there. No, I've, I've kind of been watching though, um, from yeah. the sideline. I get well. I wouldn't really say the sideline, but I've just kind of been keeping an eye on things and always, you know, really looking at a lot of the photography and kind of things that are coming out of, uh, whether it be Raleigh or Minneapolis. I mean, it's 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 crazy. I mean, it's 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 a serious topic that obviously oh, yeah. needs to be addressed. I mean, there's no doubt about it. It's as it's someone too who's blatant. It's as too someone whose father was a police officer i mean i'll yeah. tell you like it's it needs to be addressed it's serious i mean um it's it's crazy to see i mean i can't believe i i mean i i can believe it happens because yeah. it happens and i've seen it happen but to for i think someone put it good it's like it's always happening but now it's being recorded right you know and we have the technology to do that thing and it's it's important to hold people accountable whether or not it's police anybody needs i mean you need to be held accountable for your actions it's just it's crazy that things don't change like like the bad neighborhoods in chicago have been the bad neighborhoods in chicago for 40 years and it's no different like like cops would just go there to pick people off. Even like Southeast Raleigh, it's the bad neighborhood in Raleigh. Yeah. Well, I mean, when we live there, Southeast Raleigh now is it's a lot. It's well, it's also gen- very a little more gentrified. It's a little it more gentrified now. Yeah, but I mean, but, my dad will tell you that it was back in the day. They were people were going out there and just arresting people all the time because it was Southeast Raleigh, and I mean, there was a huge like heroin thing yeah. out there, and you know it's bad, but it's it's a serious thing nowadays. I mean, um. I, I get it, and I support people's right to protest and things like that, obviously, absolutely. I mean, even Recording. Kind of, yeah, I mean, going watching what happened to CNN the other day. I mean, yeah. whether or not you love or hate so CNN. Any, I can't even it's believe like, what, that happened. Why? That's my thing. It's like, 
whether you, you love seeing it, hate seeing it, if that happened to any news network, whether I mean, even if you yeah. agree or disagree with Fox News, if that happened, that's still really, really, really serious to look at. Yeah, it's not a reporters. good precedent. Yeah, no, it's, it's not a it's a terrible precedent to set because to blatantly do that in front of somebody on camera means you knew exactly what you were doing. Yeah, for those mm. who don't know, it's, it's a reporter, CNN reporter, and he was just in giving his broadcast right. on live TV. He was on air, and um, he was standing in the street, and then it looks like the, the police force came to him in the middle of the, this like kind of a riot ish area but he was in a calm yeah and he was area. super calm and he was like presenting uh, his media yeah. or bad he was like everything. we're on we're on live tv right now but if you need us to move we'll go anywhere you want just tell us where to go we'll move right. just tell us where to go and we want to stay as much out of your way as possible like he was like that type of nice yeah and then all of a sudden under <laughs> arrest he's under the, arrest. Whole, the crew. whole crew's under arrest yeah thankfully the cameraman was still rolling yeah the whole perfect. time it, it was it was great because yeah. it showed like like, you don't have this type of, like you don't have this type of power but at the same time i feel bad for cops at the same time it's not like it's not like th- it's one side and the other it's like cops are also putting their lives at risk with actual dangerous criminals right um yeah. but i think what's scary is that the training seems the bar to be a cop seems a little bit too low. Uh-huh. Yeah. I feel like they should either be... Well, Chris Rock has a great bit on it. Yeah, he says, true. <laughs> you know, people, when, when they justify these acts, it's like, well, it's not all cops. You know, it's just a yeah. few bad apples. And he says, some jobs, you can't have a few bad apples. Yeah. You know, American Airlines can't yeah. say, some yeah. of our pilots yeah. like to land. Or it's some true. of our yeah. surgeons right. maybe can do their... It's like the Geico commercial where the guy's like... I think it's a Geico commercial where the doctor comes in and is like, are you ready? And he's like, no, 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 AT&T. AT&T, right? yeah. yeah, he's like, uh, the doctor's like, are you ready for the surgery? He's like, yeah, yeah. We'll, figure it <laughs> out. I, we'll figure it out as we go along. And you're like, you know, huh. <laughs> but that's, yeah, no, I totally agree. I think, you know, it's. This, the bar has to be a little higher. It's, yeah, I don't, I don't know how to fix it, but, yeah, you know, whether it's like there's cops no taekwondo or whatever to like <laughs> yeah no i know what you're like saying justifiably pin somebody comfortably yeah and without being afraid like being afraid as a cop or being afraid as a person in general is scary because movements and actions aren't predictable and cops yeah. have to put themselves out there where they're afraid or they have to be in situations that are weird yeah and so things don't get predictable your mind's not as clear well and then officer. on top of it you have bad apples right that are just you know i feel like just you know going through you know boot camp and whatever you you have just a different lens i mean cops are always looking for shit you know it's their job yeah and so but to a yeah. civilian things that look weird to a cop might not look weird to a regular person yeah i think yeah i think people have to look at it through that too it's like police i think 98% of police officers are not out to no, yeah, I mean out to arrest somebody to for not doing protect people. Oh, yeah, even I'd say a higher percentage probably, but you know what I mean, though. Yeah, it's, yeah, they're not out to try to make you look like a bad person. No, most cops are good it's guys. It's their job. I mean, it's yeah. like it's it's tough because like it's like a firefighter, man. It's like unfortunately they have to put their lives in line to fight fires. I mean, yeah. it's not like they can walk up to a fire and say, "Hmm, hope this stops." Oh, I think it's gonna stop and walk <laughs> away. You know. Or an EMT, it's like, oh, I think they're going to recover. You yeah, know? it's just weird because if you're arresting people all the time, I wonder if you get this sort of perspective on people that are just – it's just negative. 
you're just you think somebody's always up to something wrong. I don't know if it's I don't know. I can't speak to that because I'm not in that yeah. position. Um, yeah. But yeah. I'm also like pr- privileged to not have to think about that. It's true. You know, to not have to think about, oh, I'm going to go outside today. Yeah. And go for a jog, I, go for a jog and not worry about anything. You know, I'm, I'm in that privileged position. So, you know, I can't speak to that, nor I don't have the I don't have the ability to speak to that. Yeah. Well, that was so crazy because they were not officers of the law. The yeah, and unfortunately, the, no, Ahmad. They, they, they oh, Ahmad. felt like using the protection of citizens' arrest, which it doesn't matter. Like, you should never shooting somebody should be your absolute last line of anything of self. If you can't take somebody down by, there were two guys. Yeah, you're two two people. Well, it's just I mean, it's that shouldn't and have been just like bothering him. No, the psychology of it. Like yeah. you're coming up to somebody putting a like a gun at, it's pointing a gun at them it's like you crazy well, like, yeah, like what are you doing yeah be, well see that's the thing too is people forget it's super taught this is taught in like gun safety if you point a gun at somebody you better be prepared to pull that trigger right yeah because like, you you that's it's serious because it doesn't matter i've seen guns misfire and shoot people like i know somebody who he was sitting in his car gun misfired didn't pull a trigger Blew half his calf off. Oh my god! Jesus. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like people just don't think about that kind of thing. It's you have nuts. to be. You have to ha- be prepared, and I think that's why people forget that you have to use. Well, correct police training would use levels of force. Right. Training. You would never automatically pull out your weapon unless yeah. you were in immediate fear of your life. Unless you see a gun. And yes, but really, you should never. Yeah. Most officers should go their entire careers without ever having to draw their weapon, ever. That's how it goes. That's, I mean, that's a fact. I mean. Yeah. It's, I mean, that I agree, but it's, I don't know. It's, yeah. I guess it's. It's interesting seeing, especially here in Raleigh, you know, kind of how things go. And, and it's it's awesome to see people out using their their rights to protest because, I mean, I've Fully support you. It's they awesome. started it's early. Your, yeah, and it's and it's your right as a citizen of the United States. I mean, it's your right. Yeah. To peacefully protest. No, but, it's. And it's also tough to see these businesses and people have things happening to these businesses too. You know, especially with this pandemic going on. You know, some of these businesses may not be able to recover from that. Yeah. Businesses are already hurting, so I don't love the rioting. Well, there's been all this se. speculation and reports, but I love the protest, especially in Minneapolis, of out of state or out of region actors coming yeah. in to perpetrate all the violence, rather than the protesters that were there. Initially. Yeah, like I said, I can't speak to that because I don't know exactly what's happening. I just feel bad for the some of the businesses. Not yeah, I, mean, I don't feel bad for Target or things like that, but <laughs> yeah. you know, like Morning Times or you know oh, yeah. those places that small shops. Yeah, that they're trying to do good stuff. They're trying to. They're be just a trying member. to stay open. Yeah, for God's sake. Yeah, it's true. So. I wonder if you'll see some boarded up windows for a while. I mean, I'll be honest. When I saw the George Floyd video, obviously it's disgusting. Yeah. But I didn't. I I mean, in my mind, I was like, it's another black person being killed by cops. It's going to just kind of be, you know, it'll be in a news cycle and that's it. I didn't expect all this. For me, the video was just, I don't know, like my heart like sank, I guess, because it was just like. The cop's expression. He's so calm. And it was like, yeah, I just like, I couldn't, I couldn't wrap my brain around like, especially the secondary cop. I guess if you're the primary, if you're the primary cop and you're like, I I don't know, you're scared, whatever went down to get to that point. I don't know what happened. 
But if you're you're pinning him down, it's I guess somewhat of a cop procedure at first. But then the secondary cop minutes are going by and the secondary cop doesn't think anything's wrong and there's people yelling from the street. It's like you're literally on his neck. I mean, he's saying <laughs> I can't breathe. Well, I think that's yeah, you're I mean, you're, just, you're right. I mean, you sh- It's it, all the people around him that went wrong too. It's just and I guess then the system's wrong. It's, I mean, you got to be a a big old racist or a fucking idiot. I mean, Yeah, I think it's it's a it's it's tragic to see it really is and you know that was um, one of the worst things i've seen i, I think, think yeah you know by them they they charge him with the right crimes and i know people what is, yeah. what is this what so is the third degree stipulation so third degree stipulation is basically um if you it, if you kill somebody without the intent or you basically it it's, wasn't all, premeditated. it's like it's like a manslaughter basically but it's a little more it carries a little more time um, yeah right. like you you kill somebody but not you're not going towards it. So like and people are calling, oh, first degree murder, first degree murder. But see, people forget that first degree is premeditated. With right? intent. Yeah. And to prove intent in that case would completely collapse that case. Would, you would yeah. have to with unequivocally prove that and then not ninety nine point nine percent he would have gotten off had they charged him with first degree. Yeah. But see, they went and took the precedent of a case that they had, had before um, with that same department, I think it was the same department, and charged wow. him with the same crime um, that had happened before that the officer was prosecuted and found guilty of yeah. the same crime. So I think the third degree is the right decision um, to be able to actually stick it to to stick the, to stick yeah. the charge. Um, first degree never would have done anything, and people and I get people want want to call that out and say, but. At looking at precedent, it would not happen. It's like the George Zimmerman case. Yeah. That's exactly why the George Zimmerman case fell through. Because yeah. if you look at the jury testimonies, they say we want to charge him, but we felt that there wasn't probable cause for intent. Right. So that's I think that's exactly why that case failed. Yeah. Or that, part of the reason why that case failed, excuse me. Not exactly the reason, but part of the reason. That's interesting. I, I didn't even think about that on yeah. the George Zimmerman case. But mm-hmm. that's Yeah, I actually saw that. I uh, was reading... I was reading a Reddit thread kind of talking about that and yeah. looking at some of the cases that they had said that and yeah. felt cases that, that, that have right. failed. Right. Yeah. Yes. And that's a lot of them is yeah. that is because people, they want to go. And I think people forget that sometimes that may be the intent. Yeah. No, it's true. To charge them with that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a weird line. Cause you have to, yeah, you can't push it too far. Cause there are, I guess, freak accidents somehow some way i imagine sure i mean somebody's killed somebody just in a complete freak and if they have to get charged you know sure something happens but you gotta i don't know you gotta preserve your or protect your rights too you can't go too far you can't live in north korea you can't this is the united states it's just not how it works here Mm -hmm. but it's it's nuts Everything that's gone down is just insane. It's only gonna get the worse. I think. Yeah. Well, I, I, excuse me. I shouldn't say the word. I take the word back. Worse. I think it's sure. only gonna become more aware and more sensitive. Not that it's already sensitive because it is. It's a sensitive topic and which should be discussed. But I think, you know, it's gonna come into the limelight more and more and more. You know, it's gonna keep. It's unfortunately, it's going to keep happening. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, and it sucks, but yeah. it's gonna keep happening, and hopefully, we can look at these situations and say okay where where do we need to address this yeah and how do we need to address this i just worry about november and what's going to happen and you know if things really I mean, get out of hand you know what yeah yeah i mean i was looking at 
a photographer who documented the inauguration. I mean, Trump? Yeah, yeah. It's it's bizarre, man. It's, it's weird. Cars burning. It was crazy. Yeah. And that was the inauguration. So it's just like, whoa. wow. Yeah, it's... Well, I mean, his tweets, you know, about the mail-in ballots. You see that? Yeah. On I mean, Twitter. And then, the, and then the whole social media thing. That's that's going to be an interesting case if it goes... If it sticks and goes... It's going to go to the Supreme Court. I mean, that's... What, a, what case? So the, him signing the executive order, basically, oh, oh, yeah, of yeah. the censorship of tweets. I mean, that's, that's going to be interesting. What did that order say exactly? I think it's basically them saying that they can't censor his tweets because of free speech. <laughs> just the president. <laughs> yeah. Well, just... But it's a private People. service. It's yes, you sign true. up for it and you agree to the terms. No, you, that's that's true. But they can also say like it's a big but enough it platform that it's yeah. newsworthy because he is the president. So it's that's that's the weird like. Well, that's why they allowed people to still view yeah, it. Exactly. No, no, no. And that's and I think they did the right decision at that. But that that would be his case of saying that it's like oh, it's an extra step that we have to do to be able to view something as newsworthy. Well, it's censorship's weird because I would say that all the companies YouTube, Twitter, yeah, are they all, all they're all leaning super left. So then you have to have all views on there. No, in I, my perspective. No, I I, agree. I think it's as long as you can maintain an open forum for yeah. I mean, you positive can't discussion. violence. No, I mean, yeah, exactly. And I think yeah. It's, yeah, but I think it's important to um, have those areas that people can have those discourses because i think there are people that do have constructive comments about like uh-huh. yeah i'm not saying that every conservative or every liberal person is bad and i think you know if you can sit down and have a, a, a critical conversation about things and it's okay to have beliefs like about different things and like as long as you are willing to listen to people about yeah. their sides and are open to discussion for that, sure say maybe maybe my mind may be changed and i think my mind i've constantly changed my opinions on things you know like I mean, it's it's a part of being a human and growing, you know. The fact that you you can't now is weird. It seems like culturally you can't like publicly put something out there yeah. and then <laughs> and then change your mind, grow and it's change, and then be someone different. Especially it's weird in the political world. Yeah, it's very strange, but it's it's a strange time, mm-hmm. I'd say. And it's gonna be interesting to watch in the next couple. I mean, I read this. What book. are your predictions? Oh, sorry. No, you're good. Uh, kind of going off what you were just saying about yeah. the whole. Um, I read this book in college called So You've Been Publicly Shamed. It's about this guy. It's by this guy named, who wrote The Men Who Stare at Goats, the book about yeah. George Clooney. Yeah, <laughs> it's the same guy. So um, yeah, it's yeah, it's a weird movie. But it was really interesting talking about people who have made these comments. Like there was this one lady who made a comment on her Twitter page. It was it was pretty racist. And she got on a plane and couldn't see anything for like five hours. And she got off the plane and like there were like death threats against her. Holy huh. cow. Yeah, it was just like crazy. And like. She got fired from her job, like all these crazy things. So, right. you know, I think it's important to hold people accountable, but it's also important to make sure that people, we provide learning opportunities for people to, and say like, hey, this is a learning experience and what can you take from this that's important? I mean, I'm not saying just be like, okay, yeah. Diego, you said something bad. Here's a little <laughs> slap on the wrist, go on and keep going. I think it's important to hold no. those people accountable and say, oh, you've yeah. done something wrong. But people are people. But also, people yeah, grow. no, you're right. You yeah. got to... You got to give the opportunity, even if it's like, sure. even if it's bad, you got to give the opportunity sure. to grow. Um, you can't just cancel somebody on one. No. And I also saw this really, well, this kind of a little side a topic, but I saw this really interesting photo and I think you may have shared it yeah. on your Instagram story of the, the police standing in front of the all are welcome sign. It's a really yeah. powerful image. I mean, Oh, the Raleigh one. Yeah. I think Colin re- shared that. Yeah. I think yeah. it's a really powerful image. I mean, I think, you know, you have to look at it from both sides, but it's, it's a really 
good photograph. And I think oh, yeah. it'll be around for a while because I think it's important to document that and tell that story. But I just kind of wanted to put that in there because I felt that was really that one. That's and true. then the then the I saw another one of the guy holding the flag running down the street with a burning building in the background. Really, I thought that was yeah. a really powerful image from all what's going on. So I felt like I needed to input no, those two things. Nuts. I mean, the, the the weird part is to me, or interesting part, I guess, is yesterday in Raleigh, mm -hmm. all of the protest areas or the people where people were gathered were just around cops. Like, it, you, like yeah. that's where people were. Yeah. And so it begs the question, well, if the cops <coughs> in riot gear, not necessarily aren't there, but if there's only a few of them, do the people not gather, you know? Yeah, and I think, I mean, it. I think people do want to say their piece to the cops. I, I think people do, and they have a right to say things. It's like, you can't, you can flip off the police and not get arrested. As long as you're not doing, like, as long as you're not doing something illegal, you can do it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong, people are, are arrested for it, but yeah. it's, legally, you have a, a right to, it's like burning the flag. It's right, a case right. of win. So do, but, I mean, did the cops even need to be there? Because it seems like that was just the, the area of, you know where people yeah. wanted to be and the only reason after the real protest why they were out there because the cops that were out there and the riot police were out there yeah i mean you got to protect your city yeah unfortunately i think crazy. that's that's I agree. the, so when, you that's know, the double edged sword breaking, of that it's like yeah. you need to send guys out there yeah but you also don't want to be late to the thing too and it's like you yeah. have to I mean, I don't know what would And you happened. have to protect, like, the governor and things like that. And unfortunately, like... That's as, absolutely true. And as much yeah. as I hate, like, you know, things in D.C. and how the things are going, like, people, like, trying, like, breaking down security barriers at the White House. I mean, like, that's a serious thing, man, when people are doing that. Oh, yeah. Like, that's... But... Yeah. Like, obviously, there needs to be... You have to have security. Unfortunately, like, if you... You don't <laughs> like the president, obviously, like... Yeah. It's okay to not like the president. Like... Well, I don't understand, like... I mean, the the police were just like in random intersections in Raleigh. Yeah, I was like, why? Like, what are you blocking? Well, I'm, I'm sure with like, cars and things you know like they the, don't want cars coming through and stuff like that. They may. I don't know. You know I don't know. I don't know. I'm not there. So you know I the Enterprise Rent a Car downtown. Yeah, by um, maybe the they, convention center. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like right at that intersection, they were just. Well, you know the 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 Justice Building's right there. Which where? Uh, right the by the house the thing? courthouse justice building's right there. Yeah. So <coughs> that's where EMS right, and, and that's where they were actually like they were blocking that. Which yeah, yeah. Because they obviously they don't want you going that way. But that's yeah. where probably where they were coming from and trying to make sure that that's the like there's predetermined points that they're going to be sure, at with yeah. things. Um, but you also have to make sure that I think it's important that they're out there and it lets people say their piece to them too, um, and hear what's going on. So it's you know, yeah. but you can't not have them out there. No, to some I degree. mean you need a. I'm not saying there needs to be 10,000 of them out there. I'm just saying that there needs to be some people out there. I think just crazy. cameras. Cameras could be huge. Just yeah. all the time, body cams. Well, they all, yeah, they all had body cams on. Well, yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's legally required now. Yeah. yeah, it's huge. And I don't know. But the key thing is that is like how long-term, okay, are we going to see eventually those become public? Or are they going to be, you know, because most of the time you have to, to request get the stuff, you have to request Freedom of Information Act. Yeah. You know, eventually, are they going to be public? Are they always going to be on? <clears throat> What's the security of that? And things like that. It's like, how do we, you know. That's true. Yeah. So we're going to see that eventually. Strange times, maybe. man. Yeah. And then it starts becoming like almost Orwellian, which is crazy. Yeah. 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 No, I think this is a turning point or, or at least Hopefully an escalation point. point. Maybe do you not a turning point. Yeah. Do you think we're actually in some sort of history where you're like yes this could be like 2020 is a year i think oh, yes of course and no. yes of course the pandemic 
but like also United States culturally as far as a movement. Yes and no. I, I hope that people learn. Yeah. But I'm doubtful because <clears throat> people forget very easily in this I, society. And like we forget that. Because people, look I mean, at what happened in Ferguson, look what happened in all these other places. Yeah. Where the same things happen or the Eric Gardner case. Yes. It 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 was on tape and these things happen, but I mean, yes, things have progressed since then. Hopefully, yeah. a little bit. But what I'm saying is like no. You know, stuff died down a little bit after that, you know, it's and it true. just felt like a phase. It got complacent. Because we're inundated with these things like yeah. Kylie Jenner, who's a self-made billionaire. We're inundated by these things, and the media doesn't help that. No, How I, often I, were the protest movements in, like, the actual civil rights movement? Was it, like, every day? Every I don't know. Month? I can't like, speak to that. It's hard to speak to, like... Like, are oh, we are we in something and is progress slow? Like, there's like a protest here. There's a protest there. No, I think there. this could equate to something of yeah. the and 60s then, or civil And then when you, so. look, when you look over, like, from years out, decades out, you see, like, okay, this is these are the major turning points. Yeah, I hope in so. In this movement. It's a... And I hope, hope these, you know, I think the availability of the internet helps a little bit. Yeah. Um, it, it hurts a little bit, but it also helps. In both degrees. I mean, I think social media is, in the long term, it's a bad thing, but yeah. I think in the information spread, it's good. It's a weird how I've been noticing this thing. I'm so addicted to it, Yeah. but there's nothing going on. <laughs> it's yeah. like this weird, like... Yeah, it's... It, Instagram almost gives me zero pleasure, but I love checking Instagram. The like, uh, yeah, I just, I never take anything away. They're designed to be that way. Yeah. It's, a, it's designed to be addictive. It's, it's insane. designed to keep you on platform. That's why whenever you click on a link through Facebook, it doesn't take you to a separate web browser. It takes you yeah. to a web browser within the app because it's. Like, they don't want yeah. you to leave. Exactly. And I yeah. think that's too, and it's cyclical. And I think people forget that. They get in these echo chambers of yeah. things with stuff. And, you know, once you get that it's going to keep recommending you that stuff. Facebook's so the worst for it. If you're a regular Facebook user, I I fear for you cuz it's yeah. you watch one video right into the next video and it's like yeah. it's all junk, it's all internet throw up almost all of it. It's designed that way though. Yeah. No, it is. It's crazy. It's designed to appeal to you and to keep you in that cycle of um uh listening to the same echo chamber and putting you together with the same people. I mean I mean, think about it. Facebook was designed by a guy who <laughs> rated rank. women to yeah. rate women. On yeah, the internet. he like he made the first Tinder basically, kinda. Yeah, a little bit more cynical. So I mean, that. I'm not saying that in one sided. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure his intentions have changed. Hopefully, a little bit. But God, I hope know. so. Well, that guy's fucking weird. I mean, I, I just go back to the time of watching him at the congressional hearing trying to drink water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a android. <clears throat> yes, <laughs> he's not an Elon Musk. I would say, no, but he's not I don't know. Right there. Everything's so strange because the president, in my opinion, regardless of if you like him or not, he only helps rich people. And it's interesting that white so many of his followers, yeah, so many of his followers are not like him. Are not rich. Are not rich. People. Because they, it's, it's, it's weird how he can bridge that gap. But I think it's also interesting, like, I'm not saying this is supporting or whatever, but yeah. it's really interesting to look at the PR and the media coming out of the campaign. Mm -hmm. It's very interesting, and it's a case study to look at these things and say, how, how things. do you spin these things to make people? Because it, that's how he won. It is how it's, he won. It's all, the PR and media out of it is so interesting to me. Yeah. And people can say, how can you look at those things? But it's interesting. How it's, can you work for a campaign like that? I mean, you just must not have a soul. It, well, I mean... I, I, 
I can't speak to that, but you know, it's just so Crazy. interesting to see all this coming out and looking at the PR and the media of it and saying what, and you have to, you almost have to say, what are they doing right? Yeah. Yeah. In a weird way. Not in like, you have to. Not I mean, like, oh, they're doing the right thing. Yeah. No. But what are they doing right to getting their message to the right people? I guess is the right thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. It's, it's effective. That's that's. I mean, it's that crazy. cannot be denied. It's effective. I feel like there's almost. I mean, you know, when Trump was elected, it was Republicans. There's a group where, you know, if you see someone's a Republican, you're like, oh, are you a Republican or like, are you a Trump supporter? And, you know, there's yeah. kind of a difference. I feel like now there's a third group because on the way to the beach, we were driving. And, like, maybe you see a Trump flag and you're like, oh, it's just a Trump flag. But this dude on this big old truck had a – wasn't even a bumper sticker. It was a paragraph. <laughs> and I, I couldn't even read all of it. But it started out like, we are not all equal. You should not think that all men were created Ooh. equal. And I'm, it's yeah, just like, what? Like, there's a, there's a fringe group Oh, yeah. People. No, absolutely. I mean – Reddit would be the first person. I mean, <laughs> nuts. Lord. Yeah, uh, Reddit is the first place that tells me that there's an interesting group of people in the world. But like, yeah, I mean, I, it's interesting to see that like, because I know a lot of people that are Republican. Yeah, or, and it's almost like you can't even be a Republican now without somewhat agreeing with policies. It's unfortunately. I mean, like, and I see people can have like Republican ideologies, like, oh, I don't want taxes or high taxes or whatever. And like, yes. that's fine, but local you have to small government. There's whatever. differences between denouncing like people in your party that are terrible and having, you know what I mean? Not having, I think his actions think are just the, too egregious to justify regardless of his, well, he's a bad stances. person, but I wouldn't even, oh, yeah. I wouldn't even call him a Republican. I would like, he's just an agitator. He, he's just a bad person. Like a lot of Republicans denounce him too. So, but well, well, yes, they, until it, it, until it, until it comes time. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. I mean, I, I mean, guess I think any talks. political party will do that, though. Well, if he could fire senators, he would fire senators. What's well, it's also crazy to me that he went a whole year without a press conference. Like, how do you do that and get away with it? It's nuts. Huh. I don't know. It's yeah. That's, it's you know weird what I mean? being in these yeah. weird pockets like, too of the United States. Like, you see these weird pockets that like you weren't even really sure existed. I remember I was dating this girl one time, and her parents are from a town that's like a thousand people big in the right. middle of nowhere, Virginia. And so, you know, one time I had the opportunity to go up there and visit her grandparents and all that stuff with her. And we went to like a church meeting there. And it was like, yeah, a service. Yeah. I don't know. Not very. I'm not in that crowd. (laughs) (laughs) We went to a service on, on Sunday, as you do. And it was so strange because it was like there was like. 50 people maybe mm-hmm. were there snakes like, <laughs> no <laughs> but it was like it w- it wasn't even really about like i guess like god and christianity it was more like Protecting, political yeah. and like trump is this is when trump was uh campaigning but like trump is going to protect us all and he's protecting our rights and like so scary it was so strange it wasn't it wasn't even like a a church meeting it what was, do you think you wanted the churches open i mean of course <laughs> But it just doesn't seem very wise if you're going to kill off your own crowd by keeping them open. Yeah, it's it's, it's scary. It's really it's a scary. Weird, it's weird to see like these actual pockets of people, and it's like it's, it's fascinating. How is how me. is it real? How is it? It's so. But they've always been there. That's the thing. No, yeah, it's true. It's it's just now that they're accessible to the general population. They've it's been nuts. allowed. And to, they've been allowed to yeah. flourish. 
I guess part of it's because the internet too, though. Like, yeah, they, yeah, that's exactly their I mean, world's gotten bigger by yeah. coming out to the internet. But like, yeah, they came out. Yeah, I guess. Like, yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's nuts. It's it's a weird place. Keeps reiterating that, but uh, yeah, it's true. But I mean, <laughs> it's it's the truth. I mean, hopefully we we see some changes. I mean, I would I I think growth is inevitable. It's it's continually happening. Yeah, I mean, it's so it's, but it's also it's it's always on us to grow yeah. as people. Whether it be like we can ask for a change as much as possible, we also have to grow as people too. Mm-hmm. Make sure that we're advocating yeah. not only for you know ourselves but for other people and saying like hey and noticing those things and saying like hey i don't think that's right of you and not like berating people but yeah. trying to provide an, a learning opportunity not like okay if something were to happen just getting in someone's face yeah, and yelling yeah, it's yeah, just yeah, like yeah. hey let's make this a right. teachable moment like i said earlier i mean some people are going to say i don't want to learn and that's yeah. okay because you always have to remember that people have to be willing to change themselves you can never change somebody unless they're willing to change themselves it's true like i have been taught that forever yeah, you can s- I can literally say to you, "Don't be racist," as long as yeah. I want. But until well, you just, just don't think it's racist, like, nice. and that's the <laughs> thing. That's that's the thing where you make it a teachable moment. Say, like, yeah. here are the reasons why, but don't sit here and keep saying someone's like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, make it a teachable, make it a a way that they feel that they can learn, not just. I think that's how you break through to people. I mean, you don't. Yeah, you don't point a gun at somebody and say change. No, 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 no. no. That's and that's. Back. I mean, no, no like, yeah, absolutely. Everyone wants to just. That's yeah. not how you. No, you compromise or whatever. You you don't do anything that way. Um, and for so sure. no, yeah, everything should be a teachable moment for sure. It's yeah. just, I've been reading this book. It's called uh, it's called uh, Never Split the Difference, and it's by this guy named Chris Voss. You might have seen his master class, but he's like. I'm oh, the top. Yeah, I'm yeah, the yeah. top FBI uh, hostage negotiator, mm-hmm. and so that's what his job was. He was a FBI hostage negotiator for 20 years, and he was the the top guy. And apparently, things went really south in the uh, in the FBI on hostage negotiations back in like the 60s, and so presidents had them improve, and so they eventually developed these negotiation skills with hostages who are. Mm-hmm. You know, not always predictable and not always reasonable. Yeah. Um, and so the tactics they developed, you know, over years and years of failing and learning and failing and learning and then doing things right and learning. Um, they can like direct these conversations in a way that's like yeah. it, you don't even think about it. It's insane. Exactly. And what I love about him is because when he started, he went to Harvard um, mm-hmm. to improve on his negotiation skills after already being an expert and harvard and like academia in general didn't practice didn't have the same practice that fbi had when developing Mm -hmm. their tactics Mm -hmm. so when they're when he's in the business room or in the business school of harvard and they're doing all these business negotiation deals he's still winning based on his tactics that (laughs) he learned from hostage negotiation right and his whole thing was you can't make these deals and have the other person thinking they got robbed or like they, they yeah, walked right. away with a worse, worse deal than you did. Yeah, absolutely. And, but at the same time, he's completely robbing them. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's like perception. And so I was listening to a podcast with him on top of reading his book and he was talking about how Trump strong arms people. And so his whole tactic is, he negotiates deals, does these business, 
and nobody likes working with him. So he moved to another city and then he does the same thing. And then eventually nobody likes working with him. So he moves to another city. And that's what he doesn't like about Trump is that he burns a lot of bridges. Mm -hmm. And his whole thing is to keep as many bridges open as possible. Right. And it's really interesting that like when you're hearing the, the difference in negotiation itself, mm -hmm. it's like, it's so tactical. It's, it's well thought out. It's it's nuts. It's called tactical empathy. You got to be an active listener. You know. Yeah, and that's yeah. highly that's important that in book. any situation, whether it be your friendships, your relationships, your yeah. job, anything. I mean, being an active listener and saying like, I actively hear you, and yeah. I am going to try my best to make you to learn because like, it's a thing. It's the, the privilege. It's the privilege thing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I can never say I will ever experience what people of color experience because I'm not. Right. I'm not one. No, and you, you know I, I, so i just can't i can't i don't have those lived experiences yeah so i can't relate but i can empathize empathize or, and say i'm with you and i'm listening and i'm and yeah. i'm trying to learn i see what i mean you see the issues that are happening so yeah that's all you can do but sure. highly recommend chris voss's book you know never still, split the difference small, it's like 14 point font you're still reading that 14 huh? point font <laughs> man i gotta have those big font books now i'm getting old turning 25 this week oh, oh my yeah. gosh i know oh, yeah yeah that's, that's crazy nuts. your birthday is soon too 23rd when's yours the seventh seventh yeah, yeah. justin's is the sixth oh, oh man yeah. and my extra neighbors is the eighth <laughs> holy oh, cow so catch me at taco bell cantina <laughs> taco bell cantina <laughs> <laughs> we should all go out we if should. it's open by then why not that'd be fun I I worry that like when I get old, if I like start becoming good at something, that I won't grow or I won't open up, because I'll be like stuck in my ways. Have you developed anything? Like being like senile? What do you mean? Yeah, <laughs> like, me. You know when you like meet somebody, you're, like you meet an old person, and they're like, it's usually men, of course, but yeah. it's like the stubborn old man who like yeah. will mow his lawn the same way, even though it's probably not the best way to mow his lawn. Sure. Yeah, they've just been doing it's it so like long, like they little things that they've done like no yeah, there comes a point when you get to like that yeah I mean I don't think I've reached that point yet but <laughs> yeah you're um, 25 I hope I don't reach that point I mean I hope I I, I try to always learn things like I'm always yeah whether I try to be, always grow whether it be like socially learning things or you know just trying to become smarter in things I mean I think it's important to like constantly because I don't want to be that parent maybe this is me but I don't want to be that parent that feels like they have to ask their kids for tech advice. <laughs> yeah like one day son how do you type this in the phone you know what I mean? yeah like, that blows my mind because it's the same fucking questions every time and it's like i've yeah. shown you how to do this. and that's the thing i think too it's like i i just have this fear of like one day being that maybe I don't oh do I, that. I feel it I don't <laughs> i'm scared all the time the but like part. and i don't mind Jesus. helping people with technology because it's something that i love but it's also one of those things where it's like you got to be able to learn you just forget own. sometimes like my dad was telling me about he had a bag phone the other day, or he, not the other day, but when he was younger, like a phone that you had to have a bag to carry. My yeah. God. Yeah. Like giant yeah. cell phones. Yeah. Or like they didn't have cell phones when he was on the police force. So you had to like walk down blocks to like the next phone box, to phone <laughs> things in and say, okay, this business is locked or whatever. Yeah. You had to like literally walk down the street to a phone. You know, like we have yeah. the blue lights on campus. It's like yeah. that. No. Yeah. You know, so there's, there's weird things I've, forgotten too along the way mm -hmm. yeah and my most embarrassing one is working a tv using cable like i i didn't have cable for like 10 years right and mm -hmm. so in this most recent house we had we had cable and i was like we don't need cable you just stream stuff and so i wouldn't even turn the tv on <laughs> and use that like tv guide because i just didn't know how to do it and i was like 
not because I didn't like I wasn't curious or like I what like I see there's a sporting event going on. Right. But I was just like I'll just like figure out an illegal stream on my phone <laughs> rather than turning it <laughs> on. Rather than trying to find <laughs> the one that's probably way easier. Yeah, yeah if you just like spend the time to learn how to do it. That was like that was the moment. That was like my senile moment. I was like, all right, like we no, gotta fix we, some we things. Have moments like that. <laughs> yeah. I do too. I mean there's some things that I'm like I wouldn't say set in my way about, but more yeah. like I have a preference on how I do things, you know, but mm-hmm. I'm open to, I try to be open to change as much yeah. as possible with that kind of stuff. But, you know, I'm not saying I'm perfect. Like, don't, don't get that misconception. Yeah. Um, no, but nobody's yeah, perfect. I try to. So what's the 25 big year? Your quarter yeah, man, of life. quarter life crisis. Yeah. As yeah. I call it. Are you going to experience that? Are you going to do some changes? I don't know, Anything man. I, crazy? I, you know, well, I kind of wanted to go out and just get inked up, do some stuff, just get a whole sleeve. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think more this year has just kind of been a whole learning experience the whole year. Yeah. I would say so. Just like how we look at things, look at the world and like say like things are not so set. And I mean, like, I feel like I have some sort of a millennial mindset of like, oh, everything's fine. Or like, I don't yeah. have to worry about that. It doesn't affect me. And then this year's really just kind of been like. Whoop, flipped everything on its head and been like, oh, yeah, this is affecting me. Like, yeah. whether it be the coronavirus or whether it be these protests or everything, it's it's one of the, I mean, it's yeah. affected me for a long period of time, but now it's really coming to a head and saying like, hey, this is really happening, you know, and you're yeah. seeing it because beforehand we didn't really see, I mean, you see small protests in Raleigh and things like that, but now it's like. I've never seen riots. I mean, I've, I mean, I've never seen them. I'm sure it's happened, but, you know, I've never seen them in my lifetime or with my hands yeah. or like seen people or know people who were there and experiencing th- these things and photographing and documenting these things. So I think uh, I've really tried to like work on myself, maybe. I mean, I'm always trying it, like I said before, but hopefully I can. I feel like the biggest thing out of the pandemic for me was it was I could come up and breathe and like look down on everything I'm doing, where where I'm going mm-hmm. and what I need to be doing to get where I'm going or what's important to me or what right. what yeah. I want to do in the next yeah decade, next whatever. I'm really trying to grow from that, but I it's I think that's the biggest thing out of the pandemic at least for me and yeah. I guess yeah, and you I feel get like it. that's affected me more than I realized, I mean, especially like, yeah, I took for granted being able to come to work every day, going to the gym every day. Yeah, the yeah. stuff you hate, you miss. Yeah, you know? like, I mean, I don't love going to, the, I don't love running, I don't love going to the gym, but like, gotta get to 100. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's just like one of those things. It's like not being able to come into work and see the people I work with, whether or not you like the people you work <laughs> yeah. with. But it's like, I mean, yeah. I, I like the people I work yeah. with, but for the people who, you know, may not, it's, I have to see them through a computer screen or, you know, not being able to, yeah feel like i can go out to the grocery store and not feel like i'm there's there's perspective and it's uh yeah it's it's it's, it's weirdly like a good thing absolutely um to just spin a pause to just stop yeah and just take some perspective and i wonder if i'll be like 30 and i'll be like okay um, it's time to take a month and a half two months <laughs> off yeah and just reevaluate i wonder if this is like a, a tactic I'll use in my future life yeah. to just like so one of your anytime. negotiation tactics. Yeah, yeah. just like, <laughs> just <laughs> see you guys later. Step above the clouds and look down and just like, man, what's going Probably on? Should. What Probably do I like? Thing to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Is. But do it in like Baja or something or the Caribbean. Yeah, <laughs> where you don't know anybody. Yeah, <laughs> it's been yeah, it's been an experience. Like even like 
I was talking to my next door neighbor about like even like Tinder and things like that yeah. nowadays. Like with this whole Corona thing, it's, it's like weird. wild, man. Yo, it's like man, I've never seen anything like it. <laughs> you know, it's nuts. I agree. It's like you can't go on dates, or you like, have to do the like virtual wanna, dates. Like I did write letters to each other. Yeah, like I did a virtual date over Zoom. Really? How was it? I, I it was awkward, but like it was it wasn't bad. It was just like. I'm a different. personable person. Yeah. Like I'm all about people's personalities. Yeah. So not being able to meet somebody that. and vibe off of them that way. And yeah. Do you feel like you started a podcast with them? <laughs> Maybe you should start a podcast. Zoom Tinder day. Zoom. Well, Tinder okay. Day. I always. So this idea. is what something I always. I saw this one place. It was like, you go on a date, and you ha- you ask interview questions beforehand. Right. And it's like, so if like let's say me and a girl went on a date, you guys would ask us questions separately before the date. Okay. Of like how we think it's going to go and all that stuff, and then we go on the date. And then afterwards, you ask the same questions, just like <laughs> differently, and see how see the perspective. Just because like it's always interesting to see people's perspective on like online dating. Like my next door neighbors met online, met on Match dot com. They yeah. got married in Vegas. Like these are oh, the people, well, you know. Like <laughs> they worked for them, so it's interesting to see it's that crazy. whole perspective of how that's would do. No, it's nice because you definitely open up your world. I'd yeah. say to like if there's somebody, if you're in a circle or you're in like a mm-hmm. class of people that just suck. <laughs> You can find somebody else. Like there's there's other people out there. I guess that's a good thing yeah. about the internet. But mm-hmm. it, it's cool to see how things are changing in that regard. Yeah, yeah. It's it's nuts. I mean, but it would be a good show. I don't know. That's a, well, I mean, I've, I've definitely seen something like it on YouTube before. But like, I think I there's kind of funny. there's something on like Snapchat that's similar. Probably. I don't uh, know. I don't really use Snapchat that much, but um, I feel like that'd be funny. And then I really wanted to. I mean, I've definitely told. I think I may have told you this too but definitely wanted to be like a tinder profile photographer like yeah, yeah, i feel yeah. like that would be what a job that might be it'd be awesome it'd be fun yeah it's, it's weird though your market's uh your market's the poor people poor college students and whatever. <laughs> true it's just like weird too i don't know i just have such a interesting opinion on on like tinder it's like i don't know because everybody takes group photos or like takes mirror selfies and i'm just not about that like that's useless people that take yeah, group right. photos like he and it's all specifically group selfies. photos i'm like forced to look to see who it is yeah i and mean it's never the one you assume it is even still I as a photographer tell. is that a turnoff you said you said you she, she uh she can't i mean okay I, I look at people's i look at people's photos like yeah. but i don't sit there and because i don't want to date another photographer so <laughs> oh, God, i've no. like had that mindset for a long i was like oh I'll, yeah i'll date another photographer's creative and then i was like mm, nah because i'll just sit there and terrible idea yeah so it's just not worth it <laughs> what do you say why do you say it's a terrible My idea? girlfriend was a photographer really yeah bad experience no no it's just like you 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 look at their work and you're like oh or you don't you subconsciously like judge it i think yeah i, mean, I hate photographers you know besides yeah. you Ross, no but i know what you mean I though know. like we, we can be like, we can be like a lot yeah. If you don't know them personally, like, and you I fucking guess, hate them. Yeah. I guess what's really cool, like, I, I date somebody who is completely different. Like, she's in a completely different world. She's in this medical world. Yeah, that's... And I'm in this engineering healthy, world. You know, she has and friends. She, she could not give... <laughs> she has friends. Yeah. She could, <laughs> she could not give a crap about, like, something bridge-related that it's, like, so, like, structural. And I'm like, wow, this is amazing. He looks at this and one then, bridge. Wow, look at the bolts on that bridge. Yeah, and then she's just on her phone. That's cool. Like, and I think sometimes that's – it's weird because it's, like, how do you not appreciate this crazy, like, structural engineering thing? But, do, but does she appreciate your passion about it? Yeah, she appreciates okay. the passion. That's important. It. Yeah, but it's, like, it's nice to have somebody who, like – you're not competing with also at the same time. You're yeah. like, mm-hmm. I don't have to like 
I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I know I'm a competitive mean. person, so it's like it, yeah. it could be dangerous I hate competition, for me. Or, but yeah. I'm I was born into a fan family of yeah like competitors. Yeah, it's just like. I think I think it's almost healthier to I not think it's like, a healthy relationship. like if, it, if something's your passion, it's like it's yours and not theirs a little bit. Yeah, like no, it. absolutely. I think it's important to have your separate things, and that's something that I've harped on to people in their relationships and things like that. It's like make sure you make time for your friends and your passions because if you don't have that and you're stuck with that person all the time, you're gonna hate them. You mm-hmm. are. Go- I've yeah. watched so many relationships devolve, dissolve because of that kind of thing. It's like you're hanging out with them all the time. You're eventually gonna get tired of them. Yep. Like <laughs> and that's just anybody though. It's it's yeah. good to. Yeah. You need other people. You need to like have circles of people. You need to yeah. go out and be independent. Maybe that's Somewhat. just my introvert talking, but you know. Because <laughs> <laughs> like I don't mind sitting at my house and just like hanging out and just yeah. like that's how you recharge. Yeah, exactly. Well, as an introvert for sure, but then somebody else is living at your house if you get married then it's like there's no escape oh there's no God. the bathroom dude the dude is the bathroom <laughs> i read it i read a reddit thread one time it was talking Seven. about a guy he was like i only go to the bathroom i stay in the bathroom for 30 minutes don't do anything <laughs> i just i just sit there because it's an escape from my wife for 30 minutes oh i've been practicing already dude. Addy, addy's lived with me i had to stay it's in true. the bathroom for oh, a he, long time it's so fucking annoying he's <laughs> sitting he, on the toilet listening to a podcast <laughs> are you like, training for like when your on. girlfriend lives with you or <laughs> No, Does she looks now. No, sometimes it's like they all right. I'm in a house full of people. I just you need, need to get to, away. I just yeah. I can't do this, and it's hot as shit outside. So like, do you guys share bathrooms? Um, Addie and I yeah. shared a bathroom. Oh, okay. But, yeah, Ariana too. But like, our house was five people. It was five people all the time. Mm-hmm. There's no. Plus, if people bring people over, wasn't that bad though? I yeah, mean, it was. It wasn't that bad. It could have like there's always no because you always have different schedules and things like that. Yeah, it's, you know, very rarely when all we five took over the common room. space. But yeah, especially when it was that. like living normal life. It was like man, it was fine because everyone's like going out doing things, yeah. and leaving, but coming then back. This past, but then like the quarantine, it's like Whoa. it can be challenging. Yeah. Like five people all the time, so yeah, all the time, busy so what, all the time. What are you guys doing now? Are you guys still living together? No, no we're, uh, we meet, well, Maddie and Anna are still yeah. in the house. In the house, but me and Diego moved home. Yeah, to oh, our nice. separate homes. Oh, I see. You, yeah. you live in Raleigh? I live in Wake Forest. So. Oh, you're not too far. Yeah, <laughs> but you literally leave my neighborhood and you're in Raleigh. Right? Oh, that's, that's nice. Yeah, you see the sign. That that's says, funny. Yeah, yeah, it's like how mine am with Wake County. I'm yeah. like, I could throw a rock and hit the Wake County sign. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. So, so it's, really it's like, yeah. yeah, so a little bit on the outskirts of Raleigh, but not too bad. Yeah, not bad at all. It's a good place to be, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it, Raleigh is exploding, man. Another thing too, it's like growing up, uh, growing up too. I lived in a small town. I lived in Fuquay. Yeah. Um, and Fuquay when I was a kid was really small. I mean, it was smaller when I was younger, and it, I mean, it, it got bigger as I was. Yeah. Getting older, but like I remember getting the Walmart. Like we didn't have. I remember when we didn't have a Walmart or anything like. That. I remember That's when the McDonald's wasn't where it is, and it was in the old spot. I mean. And we had like a uh, nothing. I mean, we didn't have Chick Fil A. We didn't have anything. When we got a Walmart, man. Between that and the Chick Fil A, when we got those two things, I mean, Fuquay was booming. I mean, yeah. people. And now you, you. It takes me thirty minutes to get across Fuquay. Jeez. Which is crazy. Like, and it's, when I was a kid, I could, you know, I could walk to places. Yeah. I mean, I didn't, but you know, <laughs> that's how Wake Forest was. It was the same yeah. thing. Wake Forest was a forest. It was there was nothing. Yeah. Literally nothing, and then. I guess because it's right on the outskirts of Raleigh. And the Bryans arrived. Well, that and the yeah. and the and the <coughs> home prices are pretty okay. affordable. Affordable. Yeah. Quotation marks affordable. Kind of. Um, yeah. <laughs> Still expensive. Yeah, I mean it's expensive, but it's also relative to other places. And that's the thing about Raleigh. It's like 
It is booming. It's expensive to live downtown. Our it house has quadrupled in value. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, the land land value alone is probably worth more than what your house was worth when your yeah. parents bought it. We get letters all the time like, we'll pay you cash for your house. Or just, really? Yeah, you bring yeah. me that money people in cash to my house and see what happens. People buy our house so bad. Yeah, because they want to turn into development, man. Yeah. That's the thing. They want to turn into apartment complexes because they know that they can make money in the yeah, long they term. Can multiply it. It's nuts. Exactly. That's why you're seeing so many apartment complexes down here. I mean, like, look at uh, Village Grill or whatever. Tore yeah. that down. It's apartment complex because they knew... They knew the land was worth a lot of money, but they can turn that money around. Yeah. And that part of Hillsborough, it's it's nuts how yeah. many complexes are there. It's like four, five now, maybe like yeah, big ones. Only gonna get worse. Like friendly? Yeah. Have you heard of Friendly or whatever? Friendly. Who's that? New apartments on Hillsborough Street. No. Oh, oh is it the is it where Eastville or Village Grill was? Is that what those are? <clears throat> I don't know. I think it's really kind of near Signature. Oh, sorry. Or Stanhope. Near Stanhope. Oh, I was about to say. Oh, those those are the ones right. I think it's the one yeah. right beside that that they're building. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird, man. They're, it, it's cool because I feel like, I don't know if it's just because like kind of the circles we float around in, but you see like cool people in Raleigh, and you kind of yeah, yeah. I see there's, a lot some, of, there's some cool people doing some cool things. Like yeah, just, it's awesome. I mean, the music scene around here is really cool too. I mean, there's a lot of cool little bars and stuff like that. There's a lot of cool art around here. A lot of good photographers. I mean, it's Raleigh's it, glowing up. It's a nice place. It's to me, it, I couldn't live in New York City. Because New there's York just stuff. so much going on. One, there's so much going on there. It's so many people and everybody's so tightly like yeah. tied together. It would give me anxiety. But and I respect the people who can do that. And there's so much art and so much design and stuff there, which is it's really overwhelming. Whereas like somewhere here, Raleigh, you know, you're almost kind of forced to look at new perspectives because yeah. Raleigh's not that big. No, it's not. So you really have to kind of change the envelope on what's coming out. I mean, right. heck, I saw there was a, a Raleigh artist who was on uh, President Obama's playlist. For his twenty nines, yeah, cool. uh, twenty or twenty nineteen, like one of their songs, a Raleigh artist was on his playlist, summer That's playlist, awesome. nice. which is crazy, you know, like yeah, never thought I'd ever see that, which is really cool. That's yeah. really cool. So, I don't know, if you guys are ever interested in going to Chicago, let me know. Chicago is a place to, to Chicago. be if you're looking for culture. Yeah, it's a cool. I've been once. It's re- I went my freshman year of high school, and it was really kind of eye opening. It's just a cool city because uh, mm-hmm. it has the river going right through it. The yeah, lake which is really awesome. I've the lake seriously. is it's freezing. I will say in Chicago because when we went, it was like late or early March, late February. Oh my god! There's gosh. still snow there. There's it was so snow cold. I mean, I thought I was gonna. F- I'd never been to a city like that before. Yeah. It was the first time I ever been to a really big city. Yeah. So I didn't know what to expect, and we were sitting on that lake, and I was like having to stand like this because the wind was just coming at me so <laughs> fast that I was gonna blow over. It was crazy. <laughs> but, mm. I, don't I don't know. know. Raleigh Raleigh's growing, and I'm I'm unsure because I personally am like a bigger city type of person mm-hmm. because there's I like all the things going on. Yeah. I don't like New York. After saying that, though, like. After seeing it, it's two on top of each other. There's, mm-hmm. it's literally a concrete jungle. It's too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But somewhere like Chicago, I could definitely end up. I like, I like how busy it is. And then, that like, I have internal conflicts because I do like Raleigh, mm-hmm. and it is growing. But will it ever become something like big? Do you think? I don't know. Like it would um, be cool to well, have a train or like some sort of. No, we won't ever have a train. Uh, if we do, it it's, it. Right on it would outside. take a serious amount of yeah. legislative push because there was back in there was a maybe a couple decades ago they wanted to have like a tram or a metro or a train go through Raleigh but now it's so developed that it's so hard to 
No, you got to do all that you stuff. You got to buy. That could be your you project. You could that. That could be my project. You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. It's like you would have to you would have to seriously look at the infrastructure of yeah. Everything. Because, I mean, okay, do you do a subway? Okay, how do you do that? You got to dig a tunnel. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, you got to dig these tunnels and you got to look at the structure of the buildings above it and things yeah, like that. And it's nuts. It's crazy. crazy. <laughs> yes. I was telling, I was telling Addy, it'd be so cool because we do have a train on campus, but it's just, it's just like a freight train. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But what if we had a train that goes literally from campus to downtown? Yeah. And that'd be like, so cool. it, it would change just like a light rail. Yeah. And like Charlotte does. I mean, yeah. yeah. That's nice. It's so nice. It, I don't know. It changed the entire city too. If it went, well, they they used to have distance. trolleys back in the day downtown. Yeah. So, um, it's also really interesting to see. Like people forget that Fable Street was a street originally, and then they bricked it all up, and they made a street, and they bricked it up again, and then it's now back into street. Yeah. So, which is weird to think about, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's tough to see. I don't know. I don't think there ever will be a mass transit system like a train. I mean, you got the buses, but I don't think there'll be a train in Raleigh. Unless there's some serious legislative push, I yeah. doubt it. Who knows? It's just too expensive. <laughs> it's true. It's just it's so much infrastructure. It would so it would take money. twenty years to finish. It take a and long then by time. that time, people would be so frustrated. It's like it's like the expansion of I forty. That's how yeah. I feel about it. By the time they finish expanding it, they got to expand it again because there's one they're so slow. Yeah, they're too slow. And they no, we learned until absolute last minute to do it. So they're like, they oh, learned about it in again. highway class. It's like it's insane. <laughs> It's, it's hard as crap to get anything done. Yeah. Like for the NCDOT or whatever. It's yeah. It's but you insane. look I look at places like Japan that can build a bridge in like yeah. two weeks. <laughs> you know? That's something I've noticed since moving to North Carolina. It's something I always thought is North Carolina is really slow. My favorite thing is like looking at We are. <laughs> this is not to, to degrade construction workers, but it's like I look and sometimes it's like one guy's digging a hole and everybody else is just like standing around on the walkies. No, like, that's how it is in North Carolina. One guy working, five guys watching. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why that's a thing, but. I, I just couldn't even believe it's a thing, but yeah, it is. I but think also there's no real pressure. Like in Chicago, if you shut down streets for long periods of time. Yeah. You gotta get that you, shit you, done. You, yeah. Whereas get, in North Carolina, it's like. You get the first sunny day in Chicago and people are filling potholes again. Like they're back to work. They have. The roads get destroyed in the winter. It's nuts. Yeah. It's kind of Domino started this thing there where they. Oh, I did. I did saw you hear that. about it? Yeah. They, they started filling their own potholes and then spray painting them as Domino's ads. Yeah, I did see <laughs> that. Spray painting them blue. So that on red, Reddit. Yeah, Smart. and Smart. it's like it's so funny, but I mean, it's a good advertising ploy. Sure, yeah. absolutely, yeah. and I think it's important to look at those things and it. it Going back to the whole advocating change thing, yeah, that's how you advocate change. Oh no, yeah, for sure. You have to, you have to, those big voices have to say something um, with a little voice support. I think so. that's a good place to end it. I think so too. Could yeah. be. All right. So. Well, All right. thanks for listening. This has been another episode of What's Going On with, with Addie and Diego and Ross. Stay Adios. safe, Bye, everybody. Is that hundred thieves? Oh my! This one, the first like first drop. I've had this hat for.